Tiger Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger Den, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. That's right, from the coolest podcast with the coolest podcast intro. I am comic book artist Ted Galusha, and with me is Big Bry, and this is Blue Tiger Revenge. Welcome, Big Bry. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You, <laughs> you had me off guard there for a minute, but that was all right. I changed it up. Yeah. Changed it up. Yeah, yeah. Bit. No, it was, it was good. It was good, you know. Uh that's all I got. I don't know. It's been wow. a long. It's been a long wow. week, man. It's been a long week. So long week. Yeah, yeah. Long couple years. Yeah, just yeah, grinding away. But you know what? That tiger's still running to that, the. It doesn't stop, does it? Yeah, that's right. You can't stop the doesn't tiger. Stop. Yeah, you can't stop. You can't stop that blue revenge just sneaking up on you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's well, right. So a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of cons going on. We got yeah. one con. I think uh, there's another big con that's going on right now. C2E2. C2E2, yeah. Yeah, I think that's just yeah. ending as of this recording. It's over now. But yeah, it was my yeah, guess. Ended like an hour ago, two hours ago. Big all weekend. Lots of mm. lots of good stuff going on. Wish I was there. My yeah, wallet's I, happy I wasn't there, but I wish I was there. That's true. You know, not, no, you know what's weird? And I was talking with someone recently, uh, one of my clients, we were talking about like the conventions and everything. And we're like, well, you know, the census at first was like, oh, this, the, the cons are back. Yeah. They're back all the way. And I was going like, but you know what? They're not. You know why? Because pre-pandemic, all these cons, cascade of announcements. And if you didn't buy your tickets in advance, you weren't getting in. in That's any true. Days. Now. That's true. You can get in pretty much, walk up to the door, except for Saturday. Saturday, if you want yeah. to go the big Saturday. But, like, the reality is, is, I don't know. It just seems like I know there's panels going on, but not like before. And uh, you're not getting – like it seems like the companies aren't Maybe, back all the way yet. Yeah, you know? that's See, that's it right there is that we haven't seen the companies back yet. Like, I remember uh, Rose City just did an announcement that was like, Dark Horse is finally back after however many years. And it's like – well, I hope so. They live in they're in Portland. Like they should they're be there. They're 15 minutes down the road. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean I think when publishers get back, when as, you know, as we see Dark Horse stumbling in and then uh you know, all of the others start coming back to these conventions, that's when I think we'll see more news and announcements and things like that. Or maybe there is announcements and uh you know, the, just, I I usually see most of them from Twitter and uh Anyone who's been on Twitter recently knows that, uh, you know, the algorithms are uh, not oh, well, all there anymore. So it's hard to see. So maybe I'm just yeah. not seeing them. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, my experience on Twitter is so limited purposely. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I'll be honest, like I haven't really felt the effect of the algorithm. The only thing that I think is weird is that it used to be just one stream where now it's like, oh, the things you follow and then for you. Yeah. And I don't quite understand. Yeah. Like I don't want stuff for me. I just want stuff that I'm following. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. right. And so I keep finding myself having to go back and forth. I don't know. Like, I don't know if Twitter is going to die. People keep saying it is, but hasn't yet. Yeah. I I find it hard to believe that it will. It would have to be pretty, something pretty catastrophic. Because even like, you know, everything they're like, oh, blue check marks are going to go away. Well, they haven't. And yeah, a lot of people are still still have theirs. Yeah, supposed to go away. Like, I, whatever. I don't want to talk I about. Fucking I don't Twitter. even care. I don't even yeah, care. It's stupid. But I just, I, I just made that my point of like, sometimes it's hard to see all of the news that comes out. Yeah. So maybe I've missed it, but I really haven't. I haven't seen a ton. But what have you seen, Big Bry? Oh, ooh. Well, I saw quite possibly the best action movie I've ever seen in my life. Old um, words. Jackie Chan right now, if he was dead, would be spinning in his grave. He would be. He would be. And I mean, he's and probably you know what? kicking some gravestones over. Right you know now. what? Though I mean this with no disrespect, but uh, uh, John Wick Four was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, you called me from the theater after walking I did. out. I did. Like, I know it's two a.m., but that was the best goddamn movie I've ever seen. Well, you were already texting me, so I was like, "Well, I know he's awake, and I'm, I'm awake. and I'm tired, and I need to drive home. So I'm just going to call Tad and tell him tell him how good the movie was." And so you kind of killed my bit there. You, you see that, right? That's what I'm here for. I, I like the idea of you waking me up, be like, "Tad, get out of bed." John Wick movie. That's that's what happened. The best movie I've ever seen. Tiger Cubs. That's what happened. Forget everything that I said. That's exactly what happened. No, it was, it was great, man. It was. uh, I mean, every every time they they find ways to make it more ridiculous, more over the top, more intense. The stunts, just more incredible as it as it goes. Like. Uh, you know, there's you a sequel. The story was the story. The story was. I I thought the story was really great. Um, yeah. it was probably it was the. I mean, I think the original, the first one, had the the best story just as a starting because it's like you killed the man's dog and now he's gonna kill all of you. Well, and for any of those franchise movies, right? This yeah. the starting point's always yeah. the best. It's just and and they 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 left it. They they tied it up in a bow. I guess you okay. could say for 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 the fourth installment, um, nice. whether they make another one is anyone's guess at this point. But mm-hmm. they will. I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to. I think they, they wrap never it up. do. But money, man. I know. Well, they've got some spinoffs in the works too. But uh, no. Yeah, there's. I talked that uh, one of the gals. I haven't seen the movie, obviously, but yeah. one of like the assassin gals might get a spinoff movie because I guess she was like a pretty big standout, and well, it was her first like action movie. Yeah, ever. well, that was. Uh, yep, she was one of them. But there already is a spinoff that's coming out later this year, I think, called okay. Ballerina. Um, oh, interesting. And that's uh, what Anna de Armas, I think that's her name, and Keanu is in it for a. He's he's in the movie for a short period. He's got a small role in the movie. But uh, it explores like his family because his family is. Uh, you know what they should have done? Hmm. They should have had at some point like John Wick, like he needs something. He's got to pick something up. And so he puts in an order through somebody and mm-hmm. then he has to go to the rendezvous point and just a quick cameo. The transporter yes. like, delivers something to him. 
and then leaves. How fucking cool would that be? That'd be right. Awesome. Just like kind of like they did in the what was it? Tom Cruise movie was it? Not, was it Collateral? Yeah. Where he showed up for like five seconds, delivered something to Tom Cruise, and then left. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was such a. Uh, I would love that. I just that got. I mean, that was like the best pop of the movie, especially when you go back and watch it. Well, now you're like, oh shit, the transporter. It's, it's true. I mean, so Collateral good. is a legit movie though. Still, I think it still holds movie. up. But yeah, that part was awesome. Um, yeah. But no, dude, like you should see, you should see like the 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 massive stunts uh, that they did in this. There was an entire scene uh, at the Arc de Triomphe where uh-huh. you know car just involving multiple cars coming in, coming through, and just the mm-hmm. coordination of that and the way that they shot and filmed it was really great. And then there was another scene where uh, they're in an old building and uh, John Wick is going kind of room to room with with uh, with a shotgun that shoots dragon's breath rounds, which. You Dra- love that. I I mean, who doesn't love Dragon's Breath rounds? They're freaking awesome. But I don't know if they're practical, but they look amazing. They're real. They're real. I know. Don't I know they're real. I don't, don't shoot too don't. many of them. It'll burn. It'll burn up your uh, <laughs> your barrel. But really? uh, yeah, yeah, it'll wreck your barrel if you like. What do, just, they, what do they have? Like magnesium or something in I, that? Is that what I they, think so. I I I don't know. But huh. but the the way that they the way that they shoot the scene is like from a bird's eye view. Like oh, from cool. up above, and as you're going from the room, it shows like the wall as you're passing through. It's, it was incredible, man. It was. It sounds cool. Really, really well done. Um, okay, but then you saw another movie the next day. The next day, it was for the kids. It was like for the kids. For the kids. Yeah, yeah. I saw the new Shazam. Now you know, I, I you said that the reviews are pretty accurate. Like it's it's pretty ho hum. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't think it, I don't think it was as bad as people said it was. Like there were parts of it that were okay. Uh, anytime uh, it was uh, Mary Marvel was great. Um, I just I, Mary Marvel the uh, the gal Shazam in it. His like older foster sister. She was oh, great. Oh yeah, she's like the standout. Like they've been even mentioning yeah. something about maybe doing something with her. They should if they if they're not they should. But I. The interesting thing of it is like it's supposed to be the thing that never got me with these movies is that you've got Billy Batson and Shazam, right? And they act two complete they act they're polar opposites when they're supposed to be the same person. Yeah, so like because know, it's the same hu- person it's, it's, occupying different a body, different body, right? Right. But yeah. it's like with Zach with Zachary Levi Shazam, he's just goofball kid. And then you've got yeah. Billy Batson, uh, the kid who plays Billy who's, Batson, who's, who's like in his twenties now. <laughs> he's probably thirty-eight, you know, most likely. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's very like, I'm, I'm yeah. But let me ask you, very this. serious. Lucy Liu is pretty awesome, though, right? Well, when isn't she awesome? Exactly. Yeah, she was. Great. You know, and the, and the uh, yeah, let's be, uh, now the, the buzz. What's sad is the movie came out kind of got a fart. Was a fart release. Yeah. But the whole focus was kind of came out like what the movie was supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, somebody's ego kind of got in the way it sounded Mr. like. Mr. Uh, Dwayne the Pot Johnson over there. Uh, you're yeah, sitting at your house like, right I don't want to be a villain. Like, yeah. Well, that was is, the whole thing. Which could have been like the next Thanos. He could have really been a great, he could have been a great villain, but his ego, his ego got in the way. I mean, how do you not well, have. Supposedly, right? We I only mean, know, you know. I mean, let's be yeah, real. Right. Let's, you know. I'm just going off of what you fucking read. Yeah. And, and, and I would guess that that's probably accurate considering I saw black Adam and black Adam. It, it was fun, but it was awful. And it was just the rock the entire time who like, just 
beating the shit out of everything. Yeah, he like, was never, never like danger in any danger everything. in the entire movie. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of too bad. You know what? I, the only rock movie I really liked besides the Jumanji's, which I, I thought those were good, Jumanji's was Ram good. was Rampage. But Rampage. I liked Pain probably and Game. I liked because he was hardly in it. The focus was the monsters. Yeah, I yeah. Really, the Rock was just like some jacked up zoologist that's never seen a zoologist that looks like that, but I'll take it. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> now, Pain and Gain is my favorite movie with The Rock. Okay, but again, wasn't necessarily the lead, was no. he? he? was No, he was like a co-star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting, right? It is. It is very interesting. Yeah. Well, our guest is about ready. Should we... Uh, should we jump to a break? And you know what? Bring him on in the Tiger Den. I think we should. Check one, two. Tiger Milk! Tiger Milk! I like Tiger Milk! Give us some more of that, please! Tiger Milk! And we're back. We're back with a good friend of mine, an artist that, uh, I have known for quite a while now. Um, I think he was one of the first guys that I've worked with in when I first moved to Portland. Um, but we have uh, comic book artist Patrick Reynolds. Hello. What's happening, man? How you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I am really. Uh, I, it's been a long time since I've actually uh, had a discussion with with Tad about anything oh, really. So this is like uh, that sounds nice. A long time coming. That so, sounds yeah. nice. You know, I, I talk to this guy every day and sometimes I'm like, brother, listen. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you gotta leave, I got to leave everybody alone. That's just, <laughs> that's why, that's why they, I didn't move to Alaska. The industry sent me to Alaska <laughs> to get rid of me and I just, I just won't die. That's the problem. <laughs> Well, I think, you know what? I, I'm happy to, I mean, I, I, I need to, I need to talk to more people, okay. uh, you know, and interact with people a lot more. So thank you for this opportunity to talk with somebody else other than myself or my 14 year old Chihuahua. I appreciate yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you're, uh, people might not know, but you're a fucking, uh, you're an old school, like grinder guy. Like, you know, like I thought I grinded hard industry wise. And then I met Mr. Reynolds and this guy will like, You'll grind so hard, you'll put yourself in the goddamn hospital it's just to like true. get books done. It's true, really, it's very true. Yeah, and it's funny. Like the 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 um, graphic novel that Tad was working on with me uh, called Exile to Babylon. <laughs> uh, it was during that project actually that I um, I just I woke up one morning after spending two or three weeks. Uh, uh, spending 15 hours a day on each page and I woke up one morning and I just started bleeding and I was like, that's not a healthy thing. Whoa. I should probably go to the emergency room. And so like a good Portlander, I got on public transportation, you know, because I wanted to support the industry. And I took the streetcar to uh, Legacy Good Samaritan Hospital and I told them and they're like, well, I mean, when you say that, that you're bleeding, they don't make you wait. They go, <laughs> they have a room right for you ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, there you go. And they, and they, um, you know, they, I, I had to stay overnight, you know, and it turns out it wasn't anything super serious. Um, yeah. but, uh, but they did say that, like, you know, just constantly, uh, working and sitting and not really moving and ignoring what you need as a person is not good for you. You should really like try to be a person more than you are a comic book artist. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
Yeah, thankfully, you know, as and I learned as I get older, you know, you have to really make room for that stuff. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just not going to last. Mm-hmm. And um, and so thankfully, with uh, bloodstained teeth, like I actually learned um, to do things a little bit more, hopefully a little more efficiently, you know, and being in a, a long term relationship with my lovely girlfriend for the past five years now, it makes me it think, OK, I need I, I can't just do this for myself anymore. I yeah. have to do this for her and our relationship and our chihuahua has to go outside four times a day. <laughs> so it's not just about me. That's the thing is like when we were working, at, when I was working with Tad on Exile to Babylon. I was living alone. It was just up to me and yeah. no one cares, you know, as I, long as you get stuff done on time. You know? I, remember, I came over to your place once is right when we first started working together. Yeah. And I just remember like you had the most hardcore setup, like everything was geared towards just working on your craft. Like it was like you had a bunch you had a few books titles that were hung up on the wall and then you had your desk you had your like living area but you're like yeah yeah, yeah. i don't even spend time over there and just everything, yeah everything was just geared towards the table and i just remember being like oh fuck like i thought it was i was like this is what you gotta do this is what you gotta do to make it like, this, is, <laughs> this is the fucking and that was like grind. probably avoid a little bit you know but i but i understand that like when you first start drawing comics, you know, when I when I was at SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, what they tell you is, you know, you have to be better than the people that are working already. Mm. Because yeah. otherwise, why would they why would they have you work on stuff? Right. Right. And so you have to you have to constantly show what you're made out of. And I had left uh, a completely different life in Las when I was uh, teaching in Las Vegas. Yeah, and, you had you were you had like a essentially like a state job, right? Like it was oh yeah, it's a good I had, setup. I had I had a life that I could have lived for the rest of my life comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I had uh, I had a uh, I had I had taught for five years at public school. I had a pension. I had health insurance. I had a house. I was in a relationship. I had a, I had a paid off Toyota. You know, I had everything that like you know your what? parents tell you that you need to do to be an adult. And I was like, mm, I want to draw Batman. <laughs> um, yeah. The, yeah. Well, the thing is like, I always wanted to do that. It's just that like, it's so hard to, it's so hard to make a living and support yourself being an artist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I really need health insurance because of preexisting conditions. Like, you know, who doesn't have those? Uh, me and mine are a little bit more, you know, labor intensive. Uh, but um so I, I was, I didn't, my parents and I, we, I didn't, they didn't think I could make it as an artist. And so like, why don't you try teaching? You know, you'd have summers off, you could still do your art yeah. and you know, uh, you'd have health insurance. And I found that like, you know, only one of those things was true. <laughs> like yeah. it, even though you had summers off, it was still like a year round job because it takes you that long to recover sure. from being in a classroom full of 40, 13 year olds with no windows for 180 days out of the year who also right. have knives and spray paint and, it takes, it took so much out of me. Like I was 28 years old and I was like, my hair was falling out and I would fall asleep on the couch, like watching um, old reruns of Voltron, like with a beer in my hands. And I'm like, this is not what I need to do with my life. Right. I had every, I, yeah. I technically had everything, but I wasn't happy. And my parents saw that and they're like, okay, why don't you, why don't you try plan A? You know, they felt yeah. so bad trying to push me to teach. And they saw how miserable I was. And they're like, you know, whatever you need to do, we will help you do it because you're, what you what you are is an artist. And what you need to do is do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do right. the thing. It's so and, interesting yeah. that you that you say that uh, because like I 
I was so afraid of like getting stuck in that situation. Yep. So like mm-hmm. when I got out of school, all I did was like, okay, I'm just going to freelance. It was super rough. And I was like, oh God, I might end up homeless next month or something, you know, but, yeah. uh, because I was so f- afraid of getting like complacent mm-hmm. with like a, you know, like a, like you said, like the nine to five, everything, you have everything that you need. So you're kind of like content and it, oh, I'll work on the comics. And it seems like everyone I know is in that situation, the comics, it's like, yeah, I'm going to have, I'm working on, I'm five years in on my G, my graphic novel. I'll get it done. Then it's 10 years and it's 15 and it's yeah. 20 and it just never happens, you know, just never yeah. happens. Right. I tried to, uh, you know, once I decided that like, you know, I, I should probably try the art thing. What I did every day is I, every day I went home, I just did something in my sketchbook just to like yeah. say, okay, you know, uh, do I still want to do this and can I do it? You know, as you know, and I, and every day, no matter how, how goddamn tired I was, no matter how miserable I was, I always sat down and did something in my sketchbook. I had to get it out and I couldn't like, there was, if I didn't do it, I felt like something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like I was, not, yeah. I was not like, uh, like that fire was going out and I didn't want to live my life knowing like what would happen if I kept it going. And so I decided to force myself to keep it going every day. And then that, that, those sketchbook drawings turned into a graphic novel about my biological father. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Because wait, like, wait, what book was that? I don't remember that one. It was, this was before I went to SCAD. It was, um, you know, my, um, uh, my medical issues are sort of started happening when my parents got divorced okay. uh, when I was about three years old and yeah. uh, not to get, you know, too, too descriptive, but like, sure. I just, you know, when kids sense there's divorce in the household, they know, yeah, and they're mm-hmm. very sensitive yeah. and, and they, and that's, the, and they, and they tend to act out in my yeah. case, I acted in, which is means I just stopped going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my wow. God. And, and that just, uh, that really, really messed up my kidneys <laughs> and, uh, oh. they, by some me- uh, miracle of modern science, they still work you know, they still function properly, but if anybody were to look at my x-rays, like I've had doctors who didn't know me look at x-rays and go, do you need to go to the emergency room? Your <laughs> kidneys are like shaped like cauliflower. I'm like, oh my nah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So that's where my, you know, pre-existing conditions uh, um, come from. But that happened when my, my mom basically kicked my father out of the house. Um, okay. Because he just wasn't capable of being, you know, uh, the person that he needed to be. Sure. And I, just got, my mom was, she had to work, she had to support me and my, my sister and I, mm-hmm. she was yeah. gone a lot and she worked her ass off. And, and, uh, we were, you know, thankfully we had a lot of friends and, and my grandparents, you know, uh, spent a lot of time with me, but like, um, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was just old enough to know what was going on, but not old enough to like fully comprehend it. And so that yeah. meant that like, I stopped going to the bathroom. And so I, I started getting like, you know, all kinds of infections, and yeah. when I was, I had two major surgeries on my, well, to say my plumbing <laughs> and, sure. yeah. and, um, I spent a lot of time at hospitals just being pumped full of dye underneath these really scary machines for mm-hmm. hours, you know, and oh. uh, it was a kind of a terrifying experience. And so like what I would do is I would go home and then I would draw stuff just to like, you know, sort of, um, have some kind of control over like the, the, the weird, scary stuff that was happening. And yeah. so I gravitated toward dinosaurs because they were like real life monsters, right? Mm-hmm. And then I gravitated then also space. Like space is just so 
um, there's so much possibility there, but I always like make up space monsters in my head. And like, I would do that to like feel better. And I would do yeah. that to sort of like refocus my brain. And uh, otherwise I was a hyperactive kid bouncing off the walls. They, my third grade teacher asked me to name every di- dinosaur that I knew and then asked me to draw them just to keep me from setting the classroom on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> and, wow. But the, to his credit though, he, every drawing I did, he hung up in the hallway at the end of the year and it took up the whole hallway. <laughs> and yeah, but, uh, but that's what, but my third grade teacher recognized what I needed to do to make it so that I could balance what the chaos in my head. And, yeah. um, and that sort of made it so made me realize, Oh, I have a thing that I can do to make it so that the world makes sense to me Yeah. or, or, or my, uh, the world makes sense to me, but also the stuff going on in my head makes sense to me. And that's sort of how it started. And, you know, I always looked and back when I was teaching, I started getting sick again. I started needing to go to the doctor again and I started needing to have procedures done again. And I got really super angry. And that's, I thought that, you know, uh, me teaching the job I didn't want to do. I had, I was forced to do this job because my medical issues and I was really started being really angry at my father because he'd left or, or, oh. he, or he was, uh, I started thinking that he was the reason that all this happened. And yeah. as, as I started doing this graphic novel, I realized, no, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was, it was like, you're dealt this hand. You have to deal with it. Yeah. It's no one else's right. fault. You know, like you have to, everyone's carrying a bag of bricks and all you got to do is set it down. And so set Ooh. it down. I, <laughs> and so I, I like that bag of bricks in this, in this graphic novel that I did. And I'm like, here you go. And it didn't, wow. it started out in one place, ended up in another. And, yeah. um, and, uh, I use that those pages as a portfolio to get into SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. I use did, that. Did you go for undergrad? Because you already it sounds like you already had a degree for like teaching. Yeah. Stuff, or did you go for the master's program? I went just for the, the MFA because I already had like I had a I have a um, a bachelor's in illustration, a bachelor's in teaching. Okay. So I didn't okay. need any more bachelor's. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of them. And so I just went for the two year program. And um, thankfully, how, how was that? The, what's that? How was that? I mean, not to throw, throw a curve. No, off, no. Right? It was, uh, I really think like, well, when I sent them my portfolio, like if I, if I, I was, I was still like, my parents encouraged me to use that as my portfolio. They were like, okay, you're, this is how you process stuff. Use this to show them what you're made out of. And I yeah. did. And, and even then, like, it was such a long shot to go because I, it was expensive. Like it's, it was at the time it was like $27,000 in tuition you know, a, wow. a, a semester. Wow. A semester. Yeah, Jesus. that's the crazy thing. Because I remember looking at SCAD for undergrad and it was one of those where I was like, how much a year? At the time I was going to a state college and I think my tuition was like, oh, it's like $3,200 a year. Yeah. You know, like we could pay for it off of the wages I made working part-time at the university. That yeah. was, you know, like it was right. nuts. Yeah. And, and, uh, it was, uh, it was, th- and even it was even after you know I got accepted, uh, I still was like I can't afford this. This is like twenty. Yeah. This is literally yeah. like fifty four thousand dollars a year. I feel you. And yeah. I was like, and so I applied for a fellowship, and they gave me a full fellowship, and I was shocked. I was like, Are you oh, wow. sure? <laughs> no. What does a what is a fellow? I am not the most educated man. Oh, it's just uh, a, a scholarship for grad students. Mm-hmm. Is all okay. That. You know, and and did that cover all of tuition or was that just covered like, wow, oh, yeah. really? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's uh, fucking I awesome. Feel, 
but I didn't work, you know, so I still have lots of student loans because I basically lived off student loans and, um, and, uh, and, a, and an, uh, an award I won when I was there, you know, so I still have a, a sizable debt, you know, because even sure. college was free. No. <laughs> and yeah. Pay for everything. Yeah. People know. forget the living expenses at college. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what fucking breaks you. Yep. You know, yeah. Yep. Didn't take yeah. out any credit cards. That's that's also the big reason too. I just I mean because student debt is cheap debt, you know, until yeah. you have to pay it back. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but it doesn't it doesn't screw up your credit like like a credit card does. So um, right. Uh, but as as to your to your question, Tad, uh, how was it? Um, yeah, I because I went to the I went to the Cuber School, so it's a completely okay. different animal, right? It's like yeah. it's a tech program. They get you in there at the time. I don't know what it's like now, but at the time, he's like. You had guys from like the fifties and sixties, right? That are like, all right, you got to cut your tooth. You got to learn how to ink. You got to learn how to pencil. You got to learn how to, you know, hand letter. If you don't know that, you're not going to work. And you got to use, you got to use Elmer's glue for, for like, uh, <laughs> for, uh, 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 uh Geo medium. Like I was taught by those oh, same yeah, guys. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. Yeah. My, okay. My undergrad was taught by Glenn Edwards, who oh, was, shit. you know, if you know, I don't know if you know Glenn Edwards, um, but he was, came from Cal arts in the sixties where yeah. they did this, uh, you know, if you remember, like uh, in magazines, they did this. This the instead of photographs, they'd use illustrations. Yeah, right. I mean, they would have kind of. Was, I don't want to say it was a house style, but they a lot of a lot of the work was similar looking, and it would do like these really really energetic like uh, contour lines. But they do washes of a gouache or acrylic, yeah. over and they would illustrate a story that way. That's right. the guy who taught me, and then he became oh, wow. like a wildlife painter slash figure painter. And um, was, you know, award winner for decades, you know, and that, that's the guy who taught me in my undergrad. And uh, and I, but I was I was such a sniveling little like a uh, um, little narcissist. I, was, I, w- I always wanted to draw comics. And yeah. I loved okay. Batman Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. And I was like, Hell I yeah. want to do that. Hell yeah. And so every yeah. time they would paint this, this person dressed up as a cowboy in front of the stage, I would start I would start painting Batman. I was like, <laughs> I don't need to do this. You know, I would just, you know, or. Uh, Everybody, those old school guys don't like that shit either. They don't play that game. uh, And they'll let you know. It's not, I don't know. I I imagine now it's probably like, hey, you know, probably try and work on the thing. Those old school guys (laughs) would be like, let me talk to you in the hall. Yeah. What the, what is this shit? At least in Jersey, that's what they were like. Like, what is this shit? You suck. Do what I tell you and you'll be not suck. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this guy was an Idaho farmer. And so he would not okay. like, I, I, he, I'm, I'm sure he wanted to headbutt me and he almost did a couple of times because like, <laughs> wow. I, he just, you know, everybody in my class was like trying to do similar things. Like they wanted to be figure painters. They wanted to be wildlife painters or landscape yeah. painters. You know, this was Utah where I grew yeah. up. I went to Utah state university, which is the, has the only illustration program in the state and it's, mm-hmm. but it's a good one. It's a great one. And, okay. and, um, uh, but they also, you know, wanted to do like pretty girls in fields playing instruments, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff. And I knew that I did not have that skill. And so there was a lot of resentment on my part saying like, okay, I didn't want to compete with those guys. So I'm just going to try to do play a different game. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll try to draw pages from Grendel, you know, and, and try to like, you know, pass it off as like a Christmas card <laughs> somehow, you know, and uh, didn't go. Uh, and, and, but it took me a minute to learn like, no, 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 no. What you're doing is you're substituting technique for things you do not know. And yeah. I, I stole that from Ben Dewey. And so I got to give credit for, to Ben Dewey for that phrase where there's a lot of when artists first start out, sometimes there's a tendency to to substitute uh, style for things you don't know, like for te- exactly. um, 
uh, like instead of like drawing a shadow, you're going to draw like uh, just like a, um, you're going to use, you're, you're going to, I, I love Bill Sinkovich and, Bill, and Dave McKean. And there, yeah. there is so much style to what they do that I became enamored with the style and not the substance. And so yeah. I would try to like, you know, have bake a cake with, it was all frosting basically. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> because I didn't know how to bake the damn cake. And that's what yep. I learned in undergrad is like, no, no, no. Paint this person sitting in front of you in a chair that's dressed up as Scarlett O'Hara. This is good for you, even though it's not what you want to do. You will learn things, all kinds of things that you that you didn't know you needed. And so if we go to SCAD, I knew for a fact that no one is going to hire me because I have a master's degree. I do not need that degree to work in comics. Right. But nah. What I did need is I needed to learn how to learn and I needed to learn how to get things done. And I also yeah. needed to learn how to work with people. And I would not have gotten that anywhere else because yeah. uh, there was um, the, 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 the group that I was with um, uh, there were um, I was, I was such a, oh my God, I was such an, I, I'll say institutionalist where people were like, Hey, what well, you want to hang out in Norris Hall and we'll watch like, you know, uh, the supernatural while we're working. I'm like, I cannot Watch TV while I work. I do not want to taint my focus. How dare you? You, know, <laughs> you must have been so much fun yeah, in college. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, I think uh, the word people use was uh, "stuck up my ass." Uh, I think <laughs> um, I was uh, I was just because uh, I I had came, I had just given up my job. I had right. just you know uh, let my house foreclose because this was 2008 and oh, the yeah. worst housing crisis of all time yeah. almost. And, this was in Las Vegas where I was teaching and I had my parents had and I had just gathered all of my stuff and put it in a trailer. And we drove from Las Vegas to Savannah, Georgia, to start my life over at age 29. And so I would be goddamned if I was going to let this opportunity slip by or like, you know, not show people what I was made out of all the time because right. I knew it was like not to have it. And the alternative was back to where I was going and being miserable. Right. You know, I, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. Cause when I went to the Kubert school, there's a few people that were older than me. Yeah. But most of the kids that were there, it felt like, cause I, I had, I had one semester left at the state college. Yeah. And then I dropped. So I'd already kind of had like a full college education almost. Right. I just needed that last semester to get my degree, whatever. And then I'd left to that go to Kubert school. <laughs> that last one. Yeah. Uh, but it was weird because everyone, it felt like most people were coming, they were like, like right out of high school or a year removed from high school. So none of them had gone to like an actual, like, I guess, uh, academia or institution. So my first year at the Cuber school, I was the same way where like during lunch, I was like, no, 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 I'm not playing patty cake out in the foyer. I'm yeah. in the classroom. I'll eat my lunch and I'll work on my homework or work on the assignment to get a jump mm -hmm. on it. Because everyone else would wait and all that. And there was a few other guys that did the same thing. But it was just one of those. I, I just, um, I relaxed later. But yeah. at the time, that first <laughs> year there, yeah, people were like, oh, you're not real social. And I'm a pretty social guy. But it yeah. was like, I was like, no, no, I'm paying stupid money to be here compared to what I was at. Mm -hmm. And so I have to focus. Like, for all you guys, this is fun. You're on student loans. I'm paying hard-earned money. And I yeah. have to make this fucking work. I have to get a job in three years when I'm out of the program. Yeah. My parents weren't paying, weren't help. And, and they, they would have, if I asked them, but I did not want them to, you mm -hmm. know, like uh, my parents weren't helping me out. I was living on student loans. Like I, like I said, and you know, uh, I, um, you know, I just, 
I knew that like, I didn't have another shot at this. <laughs> so yeah. I better make the most of it. Right. And, um, luckily like we, um, SCAD, the SCAD sequential arts department, um, does this thing every year where they have, uh, you know, they put out their anthology where you submit, you know, um, these short stories to the anthology and they publish it. So it's like, you have, oh. um, an opportunity to, to publish your work and to, and to have like an actual artifact that you can hand people say, Hey, I, I published this. Look at this. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah. And every year they do it and it's called, it's like a theme, you know, every year. And the theme, uh, this was 2007, my first year at SCAD. And, um, the theme was pantomime where you could not, you had to be able to tell a story without using any dialogue. Uh, you That's can use not, a sound yeah. effect, but you cannot use words. And, and I, I thought, like oh, that. Damn. Okay. Well, and I had just seen the movie Pollock with Ed Harris and Marsha Gay Harden. And I love the movie because I, I love, you know, um, I love how thing I love, I like the story behind things, you know, like I always wondered like how in the hell did Jackson Pollock do what he did? You know, like lots of people say, well, I could have done that. Well, like, no, he did it first. And that's why you think you could do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, he wasn't like the, 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 the journey he went through to get to that the the quote unquote splatter painting was 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 a struggle, and it was something that uh, was so unique and innovative at the time. That's why um, uh, people um, uh, revered him so much because it became like it. The subject was the paint itself or the mm -hmm, act of right. painting. No one ever thought of that before, but he did, and yeah. he did it mostly. And you know, nobody really knows like how he came up with that. And so I thought like, that's a story, you know, yeah. how, did he, how did he figure that out? And, and the movie Pollock, it's, it was, it came from an accident. Like he was trying to do these sort of like sort of um, abstract uh, paintings based on Navajo symbolism, you know, cause he was really interested in like, you know, those kind of primitive marks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and he was uh, friends with Rauschenberg and, you know, they were kind of doing similar, not similar things, but they were doing like abstract expressionism. And but Pollock, he was he got this huge canvas in front of him in his huge barn, and he went to like go make a mark on the canvas, and he spilled it on the floor, and he looked at the mark, and it was like, boom, you know, it was like a mushroom cloud. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, if I'm just all about like the purest mark, what's that's what that is right there? Why don't mm -hmm, I yeah. just do and so we just started like throwing stuff on the canvas, you know, he's like, all right, no, this right here, the brush, if the brush touches the canvas, it sort of corrupts the purity of the mark. And so what if, what if the whole thing is just pure paint, you know, without any brush strokes or anything like that. And then when he was done, he came up with this painting called full fathom five, which is a, um, uh, a, a quote from a Shakespeare play. I think it's from the Tempest. Um, and you know, right, yeah. like you can see like cigarette butts in it and, and like, there's like keys and stuff and like cockroaches and stuff. But that's what started abstract expressionism by Jackson Pollock was that painting. And I did a comic about that. <laughs> that oh, wow. was my entry into pantomime was this story about, about Jackson Pollock and how he See, came up with that. You know, this yeah. is the difference of maturity though. Like For I sure. wish there was more opportunities to go to art school when you're a little bit older, because if you would have given me that opportunity when I was in school i would have been like oh i'm gonna do a fight scene i'm gonna have two monsters just beat each other to death it's gonna, <laughs> and it's gonna and it would have been terrible it would have lacked all depth there would have been a story but it would have been very linear very surface where everything you just broke down is like that's beautiful that's great and like i would imagine it was probably yeah. a standout because 
you probably you brought some maturity. You did something that actually had like some some weight to it. Well, there. I mean, and that's not to say like there there weren't people who didn't do like you know more traditional subject matter, and it wasn't beautiful, and, and it was beautiful too. You know, sure. there were oh definitely mm-hmm. uh, incredible stuff that should have been published in a comic book. You know, but yeah. I thought like it wasn't it wasn't I sort of like said okay in grads in undergrad I was like I couldn't do that and I got resentful toward my peers. And yeah. this in this instance I was like okay well use what you learned and do the thing that makes that makes sense to you while also you know using um using the things that you've learned and respect respect what you've been taught add that to something that you want to t- to a story that you want to tell yeah and and in undergrad I didn't have that knowledge first I knew what I wanted to say and right. what I wanted to tell but I did not have that knowledge and I got resentful and kind of uh, <laughs> and I had to, I had to learn the hard way a lot, you know, but in undergrad, I was like, okay, all right. So, um, let yourself be taught by people and then apply that to something that you really want to do. And that was Jack's Pollock. And it was just sort of like, you know, and then the, the next, the next year I was there for two years. The next year I did it on John Coltrane Oh, um, cool! because I love John Coltrane, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. I mean, when I listened to his music, you know, I, I didn't quite know why I loved it so much. And then I, I would I would watch like documentaries on him and uh, and why what he was trying to say. And it made more sense why I liked the work that he did. And so I did another story about Jackson. I mean, not, excuse me, John Coltrane. Yeah. But we only had like eight pages. And so I was like, OK, you can't tell this whole life story in eight pages. Right. What's uh, think about it uh, like a, like a, a specific incident that was important to him. And, it, and to me, it was like when he uh, got kicked out of Miles Davis's band because he was, uh, because of his heroin addiction. And uh, there was, a, there was, again, it's sort of mythology, right? I'm kind of obsessed with yeah. mythology. Uh, about oh, those, that's the modern the music is the modern mythology. These, these individuals yeah. like right now, I'm, I've always been obsessed with Lemmy Kilmeister. Like I love Ooh. his story and yeah. you yeah. know, like he has similar, he has similar lore about like, Hawkwind yeah. leaving him like, oh, yeah, will you go into the gas station and get us some smokes? Yeah, no problem. And they just fucking take off and leave him like mm-hmm. at a gas station because they didn't want to deal with this crazy ass, you know, that kind of shit. Like, wow. you know, I didn't you know, know that. Just, I didn't know that either. I mean, it's let me That's kill my Would you want to fucking piss him off? Like, I wouldn't like, you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's incredible Pat. i i gotta i want to i want to i want to know more about that that's that's nice uh i i, I, I would love to do a i just I, I even a short story about lemmy would be amazing i think there is a lemmy but, comic uh, did you know that i know there's one coming out it. no i have it yeah oh really? is it newer yeah yeah i think uh well matt bought it and i'm supposed to give it to adam and i haven't yet it's oh did you look at it was year. it good i haven't looked at it to be honest terrible <laughs> anyways <laughs> so you did coltrane uh and yeah and it, there was what you know the the story was that like um after miles davis kicked him out of the band like he decided that he needed to change his life and so we oh, went wow. to philadelphia uh, to his sister's house and um he uh, locked himself in a room and i forget how long he locked himself in this room but Dude. where he just quit cold turkey and during Off that- h that's insane. No, nuts. And he oh. uh, he uh, had some kind of spiritual experience in this room. And uh, he uh, said, I mean, he made some kind of pact with the Almighty. And I'm not a religious person at all. You know, I am sure. not a God-fearing person, but I appreciate 
the kind of spiritual I, I, I am I, I am a spirit, spiritual to agree, but I appreciate other people's connection to it. Yeah, you know, I definitely. respect it and I appreciate it. Yeah, and man. If that's what you need, that's what you, you know, go get it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely needed it. And he made a deal with God that if God gave him the strength to kick heroin, that he would do nothing but use his music to heal the corrupt and tortured world. Wow. And wow. once I knew that, I listened to his music. Now I'm like, okay. Now that has a whole different context to what I'm listening to because you he's trying to tell me something that he he is trying to share a message that um is not the same for everybody, of course, but he's trying to say something about like what music means to him and what music can do for people. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And before it was just sort of like white noise, you know, it was just like watching a TV screen, you know, that was um like a poltergeist, right? But now I can see that hand coming through the screen. Okay. That's what that is. All right. And so once I'm able to breach that sort of wall of sound and understand that like, okay, there's a baseline to love Supreme. One of his most famous opuses that goes do, 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 even though there's all. And and then he comes in with a saxophone and he sort of just pivots around that baseline. And no matter how far he goes, no matter like how much, uh, he deviates from he deviates that with his solos and improvisation. He always comes back to that that baseline. Do 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 do. And this this is like twenty seven minutes of this first part of this song. And in mm. the end, like that's how it ends. It was do do do, and that's it. And you just had a spiritual experience, but you wow. were still anchored to reality. You were still anchored to something that you, you still had. You still had a tether. So like, um, so you didn't, so that you weren't, you didn't lose yourself. You had an experience and you're able to come back. And I thought, Ooh, comics can do that too. Like yeah. comics can like, you know, change the way you perceive the world. If they're great, if they're good, or sometimes yeah. they don't have to be good, you know, but like stories can do that to people, you know, yeah. stories can make you think of, make you change the way you see things. And, um, I kind of really sensitive about a lot of things like, you know, my favorite movies of all time are the iron giant. Of course, that's true. Great Chinatown, which has a fraught history. I understand that. But like uh, and another one is probably uh, uh, No Country for Old Men, uh, but also probably Alien, you know, it's because it's probably the best haunted house movie ever. But um, uh, Alien's good. Alien's a pretty yeah. Alien's a really good movie. Uh, Yeah, Chinatown is like the most it's you know, there have been books written just about how it's written, (laughs) you know, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just like a complete disintegration of like of uh, of like hope and of uh, someone trying to do the right thing. I'm not going to spoil the movie for you, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time, just because it's so well written. Yeah. Uh, but I but like I, I I have like nine karaoke playlists because like when I get up on stage, like you know, like it's not just about knowing the words for me. It's like kind of like this is silly. It's about like kind of putting myself in like Tina Turner's shoes when she sings simply the best, right? There's a revelation okay. going on in what she's singing. And yeah. I want to feel that. I want to feel what that revelation, <laughs> you know, even though yeah, yeah. she's 80 years old and still looks awesome and like and can it can dance the hell out of everything and like sets the stage on fire. And I'm just like, you know, a screechy, uh, screechy kid from Utah who can't who has no range whatsoever. But I want to feel that. You know when you zizzle 
when something like you know uh you what you, you zizzle it's, there's like a there's like a when something like when something gets you you're like oh that was really awesome i, I know exactly what you're talking oh, about okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like, like for me it's more of like the i get the i get the cold chill like the hair goes up on yes. the back of my neck that I get, type of I thing i get tears coming i get tears coming when it hits <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I get i get to, i get like i my, it's in my stomach when mm-hmm. i feel it you know my first mm-hmm. pearl jam concert and they were playing uh, alive or um, okay. You know, I was like, it's different when you're at the concert, man. The energy is so different. Or, you when, know? or like when Rocky four is doing one of the training montages. Yes. When they, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, that's exactly it. Like yeah. when, like certain parts of movies are in particular, like, um, like when I, when I, uh, there's, there's um, uh, like as recently as the movie prey, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Predator prequel, even though it's, you know, it was like 90 minutes and it was like, you know, I'm like, where was this for like the last 15 years? Right. right? Like, yeah. God, yeah. It, it, it took him how long to over two decades to get a decent sequel. Come on now. Come on, guys. Yeah. What's going on? Um, I think I think the most recent movie I saw that I was like this, this movie, you know, my God, it was probably uh, probably Moonlight, you know, where right. Oh, okay. um, I, I, I mean, I, the main character and, you know, not to spoil anything, you know, but uh, the mink, it's about uh, a, a, a black man growing up gay. And right. I am so far from th- from those things, you know, and but like the way that story was told made me appreciate what it was, made me appreciate that perspective. I'm like, man, what what must people go through? I mean, like and and uh, sure. what must what must life like that be like? And so, you know, um, it kind of goes back to this quote that it's like it's all chaos. Be kind. You know, like uh, once mm-hmm. you once you see things differently like that, once you see what people have to go through, uh, it changes again the way you see the world. And I'm like, I kind of want to draw comics like that, you know, like and I'm not saying interesting. I like you that. can't like make comics just for sheer entertainment value, but you can do all kinds of you can do that. And you can do comics that are like, you know, that make people adjust their perspective, you know, yeah. like. Let's stain teeth. Like, you know, it's about a. Sh- well, here it comes. Here's the plug. Oh, let's go. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> I, uh, I did not, I did right, not yeah. plan this. I swear to God. No, I know. Um, I know. No. I, the, your passion is like, it's contagious. Yeah. I love it because, like, these are the things that I, I think about and I talk about. And you and I have worked on multiple projects that sometimes you, you try and find this kind of passion. And, like, it doesn't matter how deep you dig into the script. It's just not there because you know what the alternative method, like the alternative purpose behind the script is money, uh, IPs, yeah, that kind of stuff. And like for me, that kills it. Uh, I've worked, I've been lucky enough to work on a few projects where I was really excited. And then once you get in and you, you have, you set up all these ideas so you can have like this passion, get this weight behind the project. And then it doesn't, but yeah, yeah. bloodstained teeth. Let's get on that because we haven't talked that. That's your 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 newest book. It's yeah. a big image book. It's been kind of ripping it up, right? It's been kind of killing it, kind I, of killing it. It's my uh, the first creator owned project that I've ever done, and yeah. I didn't know like you know what to expect from it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what numbers mean or like what numbers are good. Um, or, you know, uh, but Christian Ward, who was the writer and co-creator and yes. also of uh, multiple Eisner winning fame, um, uh, good company to be in. Zoom, like yeah. he has his Eisner's just shining behind him. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. It, it is. I mean, like it is, but like, there's a big reason for that. It's Cause he's fucking awesome. But also right. like, 
He's learned how to do this for decades and not destroy himself and also have a family and also have, you know, uh, two, two lovely daughters and a wife, but also, uh, do covers also write and also work with movie stars like Oscar Isaac. You know, he's figured out that there is a way to do this and still not destroy yourself, you know? And so when I was doing bloodstained teeth, like he sort of, not only was he a co-creator, he was also sort of a mentor. He's like, you know, you, you, you would always tell me like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you know? uh, like you don't, I mean, like, of course it's the first issue, you know, you want to, you want to show again, people what you're made out of, but at the yeah. same time though, you don't have to do three panels of a cityscape, you know, on the same right. page, you can figure out a way to like, you know, um, uh, streamline the process, you know, and that's when I started working digitally and thank goodness I have a girlfriend who also is an artist who works digitally who sort of was trying to nudge me into like, you know, trying yeah, to work with you people don't realize like you're, you're, you were old school, like pen brush. You were all about the what I mean, you, I like to think you still are at heart. You're still yeah. an old school, old school inker. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like, I mean, you were, uh, you know, spilled ink, ink on the elbows, ink on the hands. Like that's, that's how you I- rolled. Right. All the my, time. Well, I mean, it's those are battle scars, man. I almost don't want to wash them off. Like that's right. Uh, they might as well be tattoos, you know. Are, um, are you telling me that I should go digital? Because I don't want to. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I really don't. If I'm being honest with you, Tad uh, and Brian, like I, if I could draw things traditionally forever and still meet my deadlines and not destroy myself, I absolutely would. Yeah. You know, there is. Yeah. You know, as you get older, you get slower. That's just all there is to it. And yeah. Um, you know, but I also know that like I, I have done over 500 pages and I will probably sell probably less than one and a half percent of those pages. Um, and so I'm like, OK, who am I doing this for? <laughs> you know, sure, who am I true. continuing yeah. to do these pages for that? know that they're going to stay in a box uh, for decades. And the answer is myself. And do I need yeah. to do I need to like keep doing this to prove what am I trying to prove to myself still? And uh, that's a really uh, good fucking That's a great point. point. Yeah. I like that. And I, I just and love I, having I love having the physical page. I gotta be honest, you know. You and me both like there's a certain like I know what the pen feels like when I drag it across the paper. It is connected to my nervous system. Right. Like that is a that is a familiar it's like blinking. Right. And when I when I take the brush and I hold it and I, and I have a, um, a sheet of 400 Bristol board, 400 series Bristol board with a vellum finish oh. and I drag the brush across it at an angle. I know what mark I'm going to get. And it's almost like it's like hearing my heartbeat. It honestly is the other half of my fucking heartbeat because yeah. I have done it for so long and it's so much it's so ingrained in my person that like it is the most it was probably the most familiar thing or feeling that I have. And yeah. to give all that up is not easy. And so I needed to find, you know, a way to be able to do that. Yeah. But also do it in a way that I'm not destroying myself. And so I figured, okay, if I do like, you know, four or five pages traditionally every issue, you know, pages that like I wouldn't mind showing somebody mm-hmm. and then yeah. the rest digitally, I have to be happy with that. And yeah. I'm just going to move on because you're not going to sell all 22 pages of each issue. You're not going to. In fact, you're, I mean, I have not, I have yet to sell a Bloodstained Teeth original page. And um, you, you will, better. you will, man, you will. It'll happen. Well, thank you. And it, it's not, yeah. it's not, that's not me complaining. It's yeah. just saying like, you know, um, 
again, like people don't really care. No, (laughs) the readers, the readers don't like, you know, um, the readers, they, they like the story. They like the art, of course, you know, they like the colors and bloodstained teeth case. The colors are a revelation. Heather Moore is, is a scalding badass and she, and I'm so lucky to have worked with her. But at the same time though, like, you know, people don't care if the whole thing is done traditionally, they right. want to see a good story. Mm-hmm. And and once in yeah. a while, they'll, if they're a collector, they want to buy a page from you, you know? And so, like, all right, so just set aside a couple of pages and just do the rest of the stuff, the uh, you know, in a way that is the most efficient you can. Because most people will not notice all the mistakes you see. They will not notice all the things you wish you'd done better. They will. The only person that will know this is you, is the artist. And I feel so, like I'm getting a lecture here because it's just <laughs> you're speaking to my heart. You know, it's because yeah. you're you're absolutely right. I'm sitting back here going like, "Fuck, he's yeah. right. He's right. He's absolutely right." What am I doing? Have but I I'm still doing it. Like, like I'm doing a, a Kolchak the Night Stalker commission right now, yeah. and nine by twelve, and uh, I I'm adding like there's like six different demons and monsters and shit, and I don't have to do this. Sure. But the whole thing about commissions is that no one really tells me how to do stuff. And so I can use those as like my play around time or the time that like, you know, the, the time where I can feel the nib dragging across the paper or I can yeah. use that dry brush. I can use that as my way to sort of satisfy or to, to scratch that itch in my, in the back of my head, you know, and then treat like the more long-term stuff as more like a day job, you know, okay. a day job that I really love to do, of course, and right. that like, I wouldn't give up for anything. But like, there has to be a way to like uh, make it so that you that you don't kill yourself all the time because you can't. <laughs> you know, I do. Ha- I have a question. Yes, this might challenge your whole. Oh, here uh, we go. Here we go. I've become. I'm, I've gone to digital. Digital's the way. Yeah. Now, if if a company came to you with like some marquee character, like Wolverine or Spider Man or Batman, yeah. Batman. Because I know you're a Batman guy. They came to you with Batman, and they were like, "Here's the script." And you're looking at it, and it's like Batman on every page, like in Gotham, down in the sewer. He's hunting. I don't know. Name your villain, Killer Croc, or something. Yeah, anybody really. Yeah, anybody. Wolfman. I don't care. (laughs) Right, the Wolfman or Man Bat. Pages where you know you're going to be able to like go nuts. Yeah. Would you do a manalog? Because let's be honest, if Batman's showing up on those pages. That's sellable shit right there. Good question that I think, um, you know, uh, so it goes back to uh, things that Christian taught me is that DC Comics deadlines are really tight and they're a lot yeah. tighter than, I, than I'm used to a Dark Horse and a lot tighter than I was used to a Bloodstained Teeth. Really? If, oh, yeah. If, um, right. and granted, I have not done interior art for DC yet. Um, okay. But Christian has, and he has a lot of experience with working with DC. And was it Dark Horse? Like, I mean, because I worked with Dark Horse, it seemed like it was always like page a day. Uh, so. it, was it- at first, it was when I was working with you on Exile to Babylon, and to a lesser extent, City of Roses. Like those deadlines were nuts. They were like six weeks, and uh, for like I forget how many pages. It was. It was. I can't remember. A those two projects ago. were so. Was, I still have PTSD, uh, literally, about those projects. Um, I have a. I have a question about Exile. Did that ever even come out? I've never seen it anywhere. No. Okay. <laughs> no, and as most things never do, because right? it was supposed uh, to be like a movie, right? Like it, it was a graphic novel that was a compendium for a film that was being produced and 
I filmed it because I remember that I got like the they gave me like a DVD where yeah. I could we watched like, a teaser. like all the clips. Yeah. yeah and it had like uh, concept work for like that big like doom buggy thing we had to draw and all yeah, that kind of the, stuff. The really baddie battle tank. Battle um, tank. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember I like it looked cool, but did it ever even come out? No, they just they uh, they uh, uh, people just had a whole bunch of money and they wanted to promote a film. And they were like, oh, we need a comic to promote this film. And that's kind of what happened. It ended up being they couldn't get really anybody to do it. So the producer just started it themselves. Oh. <laughs> so, um, oh, wow. But they got like kind of actors to do. It. I think like I think you said that you recognize some of these uh, a few people from. Maybe yeah, in, yeah. In the like the teaser thing, because it was like 10 minutes or long or 12 minutes. So there were yeah. some actors that I recognized. Where I was like, oh, I've seen that guy and stuff. I know that guy. Yeah. But I just never kept looking for the movie. You know, I expected like, oh, this will come out like three or four years later or something. And I never saw it. Maybe it's yeah. somewhere like on like Tubi or something like that or Hulu somewhere. I don't know. Just but. a goddamn nightmare, man. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry I brought you along with that, you know. But, um, they brought me in at the last minute. Like they came in and it was just like, we want to. I mean, I solely was brought in just to help you just just put the the nail in the coffin on that thing you know and i we hammered it out pretty darn quick i want to say we had to we had yeah. like uh, you know yeah. like uh, we had like six weeks but you know as but when i but the next project was uh the next long-term project from what i remember what i think was aliens and that's uh, right oh you got to do alien that's because yeah. that was kind of like you do a couple for us and we'll give you something right like you do Kind of, yeah. It yeah. was sort of, it was, it was, you know, not to dwell too much on that period in Dark Horse, but there was a right. very transactional kind of uh, experience working with <clears throat> certain people at Dark Horse. And yes. um, we don't need to name names. No, we not. They're not. Thankfully, they're no longer with the company. And so, um, yeah. but, uh, um, but, uh, but with, even with Aliens, I had to crank, you know, 22 pages out in like eight, seven, eight weeks. And, Oh, that's okay. actually it was it was let me in crossroads. It was right before, right after that, okay. um, right. And then, but even then, like I had to crank that out like in seven weeks because I had to come out to promote the film Let Me In, which was a remake of the Swedish version oh. of Let the Right One In. Mm. And oh wow! The the remake, the American remake, Let Me In was surprisingly good. I was you know I still love the Swedish version, but the sure. American remake, I was like, oh yeah, okay. It was it was surprisingly you know like the there's that sequence they added with that was the cameras in the back of the car as the car was like in an accident and tumbling down a hill. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah sometimes you get to work on things that are involved with movies that are pretty cool. Um, but then yeah. you know Aliens was like eight weeks too. But then I think after Aliens, I got to do Joe Golem. They gave me a lot more time to work on that. They were like, yeah, because you, you did a couple volumes of that, didn't you? I did ten issues of that. And oh wow. Um, yeah. and then afterwards I decided to explore other, other options. You know, I wanted to oh, do really? creator stuff, you know, um, I thought, didn't you do like some Hellboy stuff for them after that or no? Yeah. that was right in between, um, uh, uh Joe Gollum volumes. Like I finished okay. like the first volume of five and then they were, they needed time to like, you know, uh, sort of hash out the next five issues. And so they gave me the Hellboy story, Hellboy, the unreasoning beast, uh, oh, Hellboy cool. and the BPRD 1954, Mm. hit semicolon the unreasoning beast was the whole title um and so i did get a dry hellboy but that was in between joe golem stuff and yeah they gave me a lot of time on joe golem because absolutely nobody was demanding it honestly <laughs> like um yeah uh, but like it was i i love the story it was a cool thing because it sort of it was about like um uh no one had ever the that the, was based on you know uh 
uh, uh, illustrated novel by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden called Mike, uh, called, sorry, uh, Joe Golem and the Drowning City. And it was okay. a novel, but it had like these spot illustrations by Mike Mignola that were, of course, gorgeous. And they yeah. wanted to turn those into comics. And oh, so cool. um, uh, they wanted me to do it because they wanted something a little more contrasty from Hellboy. Uh, they wanted something more realistic and they wanted something a little bit more, um, yeah, they want something more realistic and kind of elaborate. And so like they, uh, yeah. they asked me to do it and no one had ever seen like the drowning city at like, you know, uh, the kind of the, the backstory is in 1920, there was a huge earthquake in New York or excuse that it, it originated somewhere else. And I'm sorry that I'm not remembering all these details, no. but it takes place in the Baltimore universe. There was this massive earthquake in the twenties and it sank New York 20 feet and oh, cool. uh, and on top of this, they built this other city full of like uh, bridges and oh, wow. and it was it became like a boat culture and people living oh. and so they had to sort of like uh, re- build the city on top of old New York and they called this the Drowning City. Oh, and cool. So they needed to have, uh, but no one had ever drawn this city before, and so I had to sort of like come up with the city what it looked like. And so I thought, okay, what's the closest thing to the city? Uh, probably Venice where the whole city is built on waterways and bridges. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. what I was just thinking. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Venice, that sounds right. And so I had to like do a lot of research about Venice, but also like a Venice, like hot glue to like steampunk and like occult magic. Okay. It was so much fun to create that because no, yeah. like I said, no one had ever seen that before. And I got to create uh, the city, but like if the city was a person, like I got yeah. to add personality to that city. Like the city is like, you know, there's, um, you know, it's uh, the the story itself takes place in the 1960s. So the city has been sitting around and kind of rotting for 40 years, 40 years. And yeah. so there's a person that, so the city is like, it, it's sagging, you know, and there's like the, it's sort of like uh, there's other buildings pasted on top of it, you know, and sort of like um, uh, there's a personality there, like the city who is just trying to, um, you know, uh, it's sort of like a Frankenstein of a city. Okay. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so definitely. There's a character to that and there's bridges everywhere and there's other, pl- there's, there's places where people can hide. You it know, sounds like a shit ton of work, man. Yeah, it does. It is, like, <laughs> but like, you know, if you do something, if you have a chance to do the thing you've always wanted to do, you'll do anything to be the best at it. And definitely um, work. It becomes yeah. like, you know, you, you, you had your, you had your head down trying to design the, the drowning city and all of a sudden six hours have gone by and you're like, oh shit, I just spent six hours on these two panels trying to they, tell people what the city looks like. What, what do they call it? They call it flow state. So you, yeah, it's like when you're in, yeah. you're so focused on something that like time just doesn't matter. Nothing. Cause you're just, you're in it. You're in, yeah. in the thing that you're creating. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I find myself. I used to be able to tap into that. I felt like when I was younger, real a lot easier, but now it seems like it's, um, I kind of struggle with getting into flow state. I don't know. Everything's kind of stuff starts feeling more like a job. And yeah. Yeah. You know, go back to like John Coltrane is like, you know, talking about flow state, you know, like some, some people would like wonder how can you do these solos that last like 45 minutes, half, you know, at a time. And then, but you say like, okay, what is physical? You know, yeah. when you get into this certain right. mindset, like, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, yeah. uh, it doesn't like you sort of transcend the, the 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 physical person, you know, because like you've tapped into something that is beyond material, you know. Right. But at the same time, though, I know I'm going to be sore in the morning because I'm now 44 years old and I'm probably <laughs> going to back out making a sandwich because like even just sitting down 
my ass hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for oh, that's always the worst. The worst yeah. is when you're like, oh man, I can feel my tailbone being crushed up into my like my pelvis. I need to like yeah. get up and move. <laughs> oh. And uh, I have to, if I don't have my banana every morning, I get cranky because I don't have the potassium. Like, well, <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. it gets to a point where, yeah, that all that stuff is is grand and and it's very, you know, like when you listen to Jimi Hendrix's solos, you know, when he's doing the Star Spangled Banner, you're like, yeah, I want I want to do something that meaningful. I want to transcend the body and that kind of thing. But also, I don't want to spend, you know, I don't want to spend, you know, um, my twenties in the emergency room and I don't want to like, you know, have my heart explode, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And let's be honest. It's the frustrating thing, especially with comics. It's such a fast paced medium. You kill your stuff on certain things and it's like, people are like, Oh wow. You like, you're like, you, you know, you spend two days on a background, like a cityscape you're talking about or something like that. And then it's like, people are like, Oh yeah, cool. Passover. Like, Oh look, look, Hellboy, Hellboy's eating a hot dog. Isn't that great? And you're like, the God damn it. A gun. yeah, he's <laughs> got a gun. Look at Hellboy. He's looking, he's looking tough. And you're like, dude, look at the city. I just drew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a city. Let's get to Hellboy eating a hot dog. And you're like, God damn it. God. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's helpful though. Right. I mean, like yeah. knowing that like people are going to say, oh, that's a cool looking city, but Hellboy. So then like it, that, that sort of, that sort of mindset helps me like go, helps me move on to more important stuff. You know, um, because I have plenty of pages with with cityscapes and stuff on them. You know, I don't need to prove myself. I don't I don't need to prove that I can draw anymore to other people. Now, to myself, I still have to because that's something kind of like weird insecurity that I'm always going to have, you know, until I die. I think any good artist is always going to have that, you know. Yeah. You know, you you don't need to like at this point, you know, I've started drawing comics professionally in 2009. And like at this point, like I think I've shown that I can draw things, you know, in a way that is competent at least. Mm-hmm. I would say so. so. Yeah. I would say I would agree with that. Yeah, but I mean, like, but like, but like, you know, like, you know, it's it doesn't take long for you to look at your page and start seeing everything that's wrong with it. You know, like Margaret Atwood said in yeah. Cat, when she was, uh, her book Cat's Eye, which is a great book. Um, the main character is an artist kind of loosely based on her. Um, okay. but she's, uh, but like and the characters, the main character is a painter. And she says, I don't look at this painting very longer in any of them, because if I do, I'm going to start taking a knife to it and want to set it on fire and begin again. And that's exactly what it's like, you know, is like, mm-hmm. if I want to like, if I'm going to do a page that I'm going to hate in two weeks, why the fuck am I spending two days on it? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, everyone, let, me, let me ask, let me ask you this though. Do yeah. you ever have the thing where Cause I've been doing this where I'll work on stuff and it'll be all done and I'll go back and be like, Oh, mistakes, mistakes. And then in my head, it just builds up like, Oh, I fucking sucked on that project. It was bad. But then I'll go back and revisit the thing after a year or two. And I'll be like, Oh, you know what? I did some cool shit on that. Like it wasn't, that, it wasn't, right? it wasn't as terrible as I'm remembering in my head. Like I, it's, it's weird. It's always like right after I beat myself up really bad. But then yeah. when I go back like a little while after, like I said, like months or so, it's, it's always like, Oh, I worked my ass off on that. I did, I did a good job. <laughs> I did a good job. Like it's never know. as bad as you think. And it's never as awesome as you think. Um, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. But, like there's a couple of pages where I'm like, okay, that needs to go in the portfolio. Like if I want to be able to draw Batman one day, you know, like I think I need to show people this page, you know, I think I need to, sure. you know, this, this might help me get, How are you not doing Batman? Are you, have you been talking with DC? Um, well, I, I should say after I finished bloodstained teeth at the end of January and, okay. uh, 
Christian, because he's awesome, uh, is working on another project for DC. And he's like, hey, do you want to do um, a variant cover for this new DC project? I'm like, yes. I mean, like, I, I mean, like, uh, you don't have to ask me. You just tell me when you need it. <laughs> you yeah, your your work seems, especially for like Batman and like all of like the whole like uh, like that whole ensemble of characters. I, I don't I don't know DC very well, if I'm being honest. But yeah. your work seems like it's perfect for it, especially since you you're so good at doing like a, the hyper contrast and the noir kind of looking stuff. And you've got this nice, like gritty realism to your work that yeah. it just seems like you'd be a perfect fit for something like Gotham City, Batman, well, any of that kind of stuff. I mean, um, I, I wouldn't say if I didn't mean it, like it just it's like yeah. it blows my mind. Like when I hear you say like, yeah, one day I'm going to work on Batman. I'm like, how the <laughs> fuck have you worked on it already? Like your shit's like prime and ready for it right now you hear so, that dc <laughs> thank you very much dad that means a lot i appreciate yeah. that yeah but there is like i was um i mentioned earlier like d like i'm not at a point yet where i can meet um dc's deadlines mm. um, okay like if i tell dc like uh if they ask like okay i mean they're not going to start they're not going to hand me batman for the next 10 years they, they wanted like when i started sure. at dark horse like they started me off on an eight-page short story just to, just to show people, and if just to show people that I could meet a deadline, right? Okay. And then, like when I finished that and met the deadline, and proved that I could tell a story and also draw, but also follow instructions and draw characters within the Mignola verse. Yeah, uh, they moved me up to a one shot, which was the Ape Sapien one shot. And I once that, I yeah. finished that and hit the deadline, they're like, "Okay, now you can have like I'm uh, a one shot, but is like you know the you can have a Serenity one shot, which is based on of." which is features characters that you have to nail likenesses of that you have to get the spaceships right, you know? And so like, they kind of like, it's like a, almost like a video game where they kind of, they kind of like amp up the difficulty a little bit. They want consistency. Uh, It's under, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. The most important thing you can do as an artist is be able to finish things and meet deadlines. Right. And and then, um, you know, you could go from there because there's a lot of talented artists out there, out there who just cannot get stuff done on time. Yeah. And uh, that makes or breaks careers. And at this point, like, you know, um, uh, you know, Christian would tell me, like, you know, if you tell DC Comics that's going to take you, you know, um, nine weeks to, like, do a, an issue, that's a non-starter. They're like, sorry, we can't, you know, we need stuff done faster than that. They, yeah, I mean, what, you would need it, like, in a month, I would imagine? Uh, six weeks is pretty standard, um, you know. Okay. Which, uh, and maybe, For 22 pages, like, black and white? Yeah. Yeah. That seems- maybe- Doable? Maybe, maybe seven or eight, you know, they can, it's, but that's like really pushing it. So, yeah, I mean, that's um, like, cause that's, that would be what almost two months for line art. So I, I can, I mean, I can see there. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes there's total a, sense. There's, there's, there's that, there's that sort of that I'm still working through, but also like, I need to be able to like, basically make up stuff more and stuff, stop relying on photo reference and putting myself in every goddamn panel, you know, I mean, like, um, so like, or not have every character look like me in drag sometimes, you know, so, <laughs> um, so there are, you know, um, and so I, I look at artists who are, who are just starting at, you know, well, uh, not just starting like, um, uh, Andrea Sorrentino, who, of uh, worked with Jeff Lemire on yep. Gideon Falls and mm. did this, this, this really cool Batman series. And I forget what the series is called. And I'm really sorry, Andrea. Um, but like, I know what you're um, talking. I know the one you're talking about. I think I have it. Is it the Black Mirror or something? There's like a mirror. I know the cover. There's like Batman looking at a mirror. 
and yeah. um yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, but it's it's really super cool mm-hmm. and and he he took his style in Gideon Falls that I'm like okay he's got he's like a, a, a he's figured out stuff that I'm trying to figure out you know it's okay. there's, there's like a realism to what he's doing but also there's like an economy to it and there's yeah. like a lack of like uh, fussiness you know um that I think I'm still grappling with that I'm like okay what's he doing here? And like, okay, what, uh, and Lawrence Campbell's another one who, um, Lawrence Campbell does a lot of Mignola stuff, but like, um, a lot of BPRD things, but he's also done some Marvel unlimited, uh, um, uh, unlimited Marvel stuff. Um, a uh, Wolverine, like a Wolverine, um, uh, Wolverine unlimited, I think he did. And, um, but also Michael Lark, Michael Lark's okay. a big one too. And I love Michael John Lark. Mignola, yeah. You know, may he rest in peace, of course figured out how to do like realism, but also how to make it look like, um, how to make it look like it was what, that, it, that it was not labored in it. That it wasn't like, you know, too heavy handed or too referenced, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think if I, if I get closer to what those guys have figured out, I'll have a better shot at doing something with DC on a more long-term basis. But luckily after I finished bloodstained teeth, I got to do a variant cover for Christian's DC title. That's coming out soon. Uh, not soon. Yeah. But like coming out. I think they have, they're, they're announcing it in June. Um, but like, so, I, I mean, you have a style that lends even to just like being like doing covers. Like I I'm, so, I'm just amazed that you're not doing like Batman covers. Cause it, you know, I, I, you could probably, I mean, it seems like how long does it take you to do a cover? Oh God. It's embarrassing. Like I can do like, uh, when I was doing the mask for dark, okay. Mark, like yeah. I had to crank those out like in four days, you know, um, because okay. I also had to do the interior art. And, um, and so like, uh, it's, so it really depends on how much time they give me. If they say like, we need this done in five days, it'll take me, it'll take me all of five days to do it. But if I have okay. like a week to do something, I'm going to take a week on it. But what I've noticed is like, if I have too much time on it, I don't like it <laughs> because it right. becomes yeah. too labored. You know, like someone, I feel terrible uh, kind of about this, but like someone wanted me to do a commission of like uh, a character uh, that they had created and a character from a TV series, and they wanted like a mashup. You okay. know, but they, and it was like uh, they, the, uh, and it, but it was like eleven by seventeen commission, and um, they wanted me to do. Um, uh, they gave me uh, they gave me an obscene amount of money for this, and so I'm like, oh shit, this had better be good, right? I had mm-hmm, better yeah. like, details and monsters and bullshit, and uh, but I gave myself way too much time to do it, honestly, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I thought like, man, if I had just limited myself to like maybe five days on this, I probably it probably wouldn't have looked real labored and forced. Now that person probably doesn't feel that way. And I've, what I've also learned is that as a skill, never to denigrate your own work in front of people or yeah. never, no, never. do not do that Patrick, <laughs> ever it so hard though. I had to learn to do that because that bit me in the ass once when I was, when I was doing a signing for let me in crossroads. Oh, no. Um, someone came up to me and was like, you know, I want to, you know, tell me about the story. And I started talking about how my shortcomings as an artist, <laughs> you know, oh. like, I really wish I would have gotten, Chloe Grace Moretz's likeness a bit better. You know, it looks like someone had hit her in the head with a shovel here. And the guy's just looking at me like going, what? And he's like, well, I was going to buy all four of these issues for me, but now I don't think I want to have a great day. And he walked Ooh, away. Yeah. Like, Oof. You dipshit. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's terrible yeah. business. Like you don't have to brag about yourself, but no. hey, you but know, I, I come from, you know, when I grew up, like I learned that like, if I make fun of myself first, no one else can. Right. Like I have, I have, you know, control over my own abuse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what, you know, David Walker told me a really interesting thing. He goes, 
there are less people working regularly in professional comics than there are players in the NBA. So you should never, if you've done, yes. So he goes, if you're doing something that's coming out or is being published, doesn't matter if it's like smaller, it like even a smaller press. He's like, you're so far ahead of the rest of like the world that there's no reason for you to shit on your stuff. That blew my mind when he told us that. That blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's real, but I live by that. It's probably close. Dave Walker, it's real. That guy's probably close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe he's counting the European pro uh, basketball leagues in there too. (laughs) But which I'll take it. Does it's still, it's one of those where you start realizing like, Oh yeah, there's no reason like to fans that you should ever no. immigrate your work well, it's, because it's that you're whole doing thing. That- it's that it's that whole thing where like the worst NBA player, the worst player in the NBA, would still kill any yep. anybody yeah. else who doesn't play in the NBA. It's the it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's that same thing yeah. where like the worst player in the NBA is still closer to Michael Jordan than you'll ever be. So yeah. if yeah. you're if you were a professional comic artist you're closer to Jack Kirby than any of these other dudes ever will be, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. There's like, there's like a little over 400 people in the NBA professionally. Yep. And so I guess that tracks, but like, if you do that to your work, if you, if you cut your, if you cut yourself down in front of people, it's not just you, you're doing that to you are trashing their experience. Yep. Yeah. If you're saying my work isn't good and the story I did has a lot of shortcomings, a lot of mistakes, and they, but but they felt something real, and they felt something, and they liked it. You're saying w- what they feel is isn't right, yeah. And you're and you're shitting on the experience. You're, you're so not just about making me. them yeah. not be a fan of your work. And the whole reason, at least, and this is just my take. The whole reason, the whole purpose to doing this ultimately is to entertain other people. And I think that's one of the things that I think gets lost on the creators a lot of time because we're so in our own heads. We're so like success or what we value, what we are told is success in this industry. Our career hangs by that so much that at the end of the day, we're always like, Oh man, the book didn't sell enough or, Oh, I didn't get that fucking DC job or I didn't get that Marvel job. But the reality is, is the only reason why we're sitting down and even able to do this is for readers. Like I hate it when people shit on the readers. Cause it's like, yeah, but if it weren't for them, you wouldn't have a fucking job. Yeah, Like this is who we're here for. So it's like, I don't know. I, I that that's what I try. I always uh, anymore. I live for the fans, for the readers. And I don't have a lot of fans. It's that thing where like, uh, that movie or comic or video game or whatever it is that you hate the most is somebody's favorite thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Like I, uh, my, my girlfriend absolutely loves, loves the movie Venom, the first Venom movie. Okay. And Tom Hardy. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's fun. You know, yeah. I think yeah. I thought it was fun, not a great movie, but she loves that movie. You know what? It's fun. Can we just get Tom Hardy in <laughs> his apartment with the Venom? That's all we need. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole film. I yep. loved it. I love the back short film, 18 minutes long with, with, with pizza rolls. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and him just <laughs> talking to himself in his head, like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. That was great. It was great. Yeah. And like, I, um, you know, I, I love really like, I fucking love the land before time. Okay. When I was a kid, the land before time was my favorite goddamn movie ever. Mm-hmm. And it's, so I'm 44 years old and I still get choked up when spoiler little foot's mom, dies defending him from sharp tooth yeah. i do and yeah. i'm like 
I'm a 44 year old goddamn man. And I still cry at that movie because like it hit me the deepest when I was still formulating my emotional response to the world. Sure. So of course, yeah. but you know, um, someone told me like Abe Sapien was like the first one shot that I did. And, um, uh, they, man, really- that's an awesome one shot. That's a, a really amazing, like, well, Hey, you want your, you want to do your first one shot? Here's Abe Sapien. Uh, yes. Awesome because movie, right? I, uh, and there's, there's a story to that and I'll get to in a second, but, um, this was, mine was, ago. mine was jungle gym. No one remembers or cares <laughs> about fucking jungle. That is true. Gym. That's true. I remember, Chad. I remember. <laughs> and I had a He's week. He's lying to you. I had five days to illustrate all 22 pages. Holy dog shit. Yeah. Holy. So was it my best work? Absolutely not. Jesus, <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I hear stories like that, I just feel so bad for the artist. You know, um, I had to, you know, with uh, <laughs> someone told me at, years after I had done Ape Sapien, they're like, uh, they didn't know I had drawn that, but they had a copy of it. And we were talking one day and uh, we're, we're, uh, we're coming home from some party or something and we were in an Uber. And, uh, nice. and I was like, yeah, when I was doing Ape Sapien, the Haunted Boy, and, and she was like, wait you drew the haunted boy. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, wait a minute. Oh fuck. Your name's at the bottom of the book. I'm so sorry. I'm like, Oh, it's fine. She's like, I want you to know that that comic made me want to read comics again. I'm like, you're kidding me. And she's like, no, no here. And and when she went home, she showed her picture with herself, with the comic. She's like, this is the comic you drew. And this is what made me want to read comics again. And I don't know why, but like, it's not up to me anymore. It's yeah. up to her. Yeah. And I'm going to let her feel and let her have that experience. And someone said that like something I drew reminded them of, um, you know, uh, what their dad had to go through in Vietnam. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, uh, and, and, and so if I say like, yeah, that, uh, so if I say like, yeah, I wish I had drawn that person a little more realistically, that shits on that experience. Right. I'm like, what you yeah. need to do is learn how to say thank you. Yeah. And it's I'm gritting my teeth most of the time that I'm saying it. I just say thank you very much. And yeah. but but I hey learned, man, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, I hate everything I've ever done. All the work <laughs> I've ever drawn. I despise it. I hate it all. I have said it multiple times on this podcast, and I'll always say it. But I'm like uh, again, it there's people that like it, so I'll be like, okay, it's good enough. There we go. Uh, hopefully the next stuff will be better. I'm probably going to hate that too. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's easy to hate your, hate your own work. It's harder. Yeah. To, you know, it's harder to, you know, um, uh, uh, say it, it's hard. It's yeah. It's about acceptance. I think, yeah. you know, it's hard to accept. It's hard to forgive. It's hard to accept, you know, it's easy to be angry and, and to like, you know, put and to shove things aside and not actually deal with, the thing in front of you and by saying that's a piece of shit you're just a miss you know or even if you're just saying like man that line work oh god i wish it wouldn't have gone to cross hatching in that panel or something like that yeah you're dismissing you know the that it's it's a way of dismissing the experience that was unpleasant in some in some ways you know yeah, but, and it's uh, it's learning you're you're just learning uh, it's like you're watching um it's like uh Lieber used to call it paid practice, you know, like you work on a gig, uh, you're doing the best Lieber, you can. The sage. Yes. The sage, man. But That's like it's paid it. practice. Yeah. Like you you work on a, a job and you're doing the best you can, but ultimately a couple of years down the road, you're gonna if you did the same gig, it'd look completely different and probably be even better yeah. because hopefully you're growing. The worst thing is is when you see somebody whose work, in my opinion, hasn't does hasn't changed. 
in 10 years. I guess you could call that consistency, but I just look at it as like, what did you, are you just, did you just put it in drive and we're just going, we're just an <laughs> autopilot. We're not trying new techniques. We're not learning. And I mean, it worked for some people, man. Some people like, I'm not going to name any names, of course, but like, Hey man, if uh, there's certain artists who just like, who just do a certain genre and they, yeah. they have, and when they go to shows, they're known as that person who does this certain genre and it works for them. And they have like, people lined up by their booth at, uh, all yeah. the whole weekend at the show. And it, more isn't that, isn't yeah. that kind of a weird thing? It seems like guys who figure, or like I should say artists figure out their style or I guess their style or their Niche. look mm-hmm. their Yeah. Early. Niche, and sorry. you don't. And so like, it's like, I guess probably it makes them more easier to hire because as a publisher, you know exactly what you're getting. They're not going to change thing up. They're not going to get experimental. You know exactly what your book's going to look like if you're familiar yeah. with their work. Where with See, other artists, yeah, yeah, See, which I guess yeah. could be good. Is good. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Where, but I guess personally, as an artist, I'm always interested in like I love tracking down guys' early work, like you know, like a Mignola or something, or like even it. look, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, looks vastly different. Adam Hughes is another one. Like people yeah. think Adam Hughes's work hasn't changed. Yes, it has. You can watch. Right. The progression and it's kind of amazing because he was an awesome i just checked out his early dark horse presents stuff and it's like some of his first narrative and it it was really like the drawing was really good but then you look at like what he did on like betty and veronica for archie oh my god it's a whole nother animal you know it's just yeah. like tenfold he's grown i don't know yeah. it, it's interesting it's just it's it's in, there's so many different facets and of the industry and i guess it all just kind of comes down to like you just just tell stories. Tell the stories the best you yeah. can. Yeah. Look yeah. at look at Mignola's like Wolverine the Jungle Adventure, and look at then look oh, at the yeah. chapter of Hellboy, and, yeah. and see the differences. You know, like, like how he's able to tell a story with with without a whole lot of art. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, even in you know Wolverine the Jungle Adventure, there's still like an e- economy and there's a confidence to like the way he designs things. But in in Hellboy, it's just like instead of like. You know, for me, if I want to draw steam or smoke, for example, I have to do th- three or four different things where I have to like put the brush up to my lips and get like ink in my nose and, and then my teeth, you know, blow what? through the, the brush and use like a whiteout pen and also a razor blade at a certain angle. If I want to draw smoke and Mike Mignola just draws dots, he's like, boom, I'm going to repeat that 7,000 times and there yep. you have fucking smoke. <laughs> and I'm like, but Mike, you understand, like, there has to have light diffusion. He's like, no, that, that smoke, smoke's dot. Sorry, that's what it is. Yeah. Work on your game. And yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but granted, that's not something Mike has told me. But like, um, right. but you look at what he's done and how he's progressed mm-hmm. and you can, you can spot a Mike Mignola comic done in 1983 and a Mike Mignola comic done in 2017. And, yeah. but, but you can also spot the, the very clear differences. Like, you know, it, not everybody's like Bill Sinkovich when he was like basically kind of aping Neil Adams when he was doing Moon Knight. And now yeah. he's doing Bill Sinkovich, you know, yeah. not everybody yeah. is, is progression is that dramatic, but over yeah. the course of a year, it can, I mean, year, excuse me, over the course of like a lifetime in comics, it probably can be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. I think it might be time for, you know what it is. The question. The question. The questions. Buckle up. Oh, that's right. There's two questions. There's two oh, questions now. I apologize for the first one, but the second <laughs> one's the real one. You need to stop talking to asking these questions. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. 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 We wait till the kind of like once we're deep into the podcast. Yeah. That's oh. when we drop 
the question. It's like a, the a questions theme, a theme that we yeah, have going yeah. on. Yeah, and then I added to the theme this year just Ugh. for reasons. I don't know why. Um, okay, so I question. That's your question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> question number one: What yeah. is the more iconic TV theme song? The A Team or Magnum PI? Oh my God! What a great question because I watched both of those religiously when I was a kid. Uh, God, I would have to. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing was like you know when I was telling you about um, when certain things like when certain things hit you at, at an age. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Uh, I think I just I just made that analogy like when I was a kid, like the first thing to hit me at was like uh, Land Before Time. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, um, but I watched those when I was this, about the same age. Um, so if I remember the A team, um, uh, God damn, I would have to go with the A team Okay, only because like, um, uh, I, I think, I think I remember that show. I think that show is so, has so has many more, um, things that I remember about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Magnum PI, you got Tom Selleck and the shirt and the Ferrari and, you know, and Higgins, you know, uh, doing it, doing his thing, and, and his friend with with a helicopter. You know, I think I remember more about the A team because I think it's probably due to Mr. T. Sure, you know, because he was like his character was so much more iconic. Yeah, Barakas, he was in man. his he was in his prime at that time Ooh, too. Barakas, yo, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so that's why I will never, I will never watch that shitty movie that came out a few years ago because of like why. <laughs> you know, I, you know no what though? I defend that movie. The director's cut of that movie isn't bad. Now, is it as iconic and good as the original show? No, but the original, they're like the the director's cut of the movie is entertaining. Okay. All right. But, I will. I will trust you on that, and I, yeah, I'll yeah. probably watch it probably tonight at two o'clock in the morning. You're lying to me, but that's okay. okay now now down to the actual question uh now that we got the nonsense out of the way but i think i i think i know what your answer is okay uh, just just based on the conversation that we've had uh today but uh our question is if you were given the opportunity to write or to draw to a series of any established character uh can be comics tv movie whatever you want it to be what would you do we're talking about all pop culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, all pop culture, free reign. So it could be like, oh, I'm going to do, boy. I don't know, whatever. Woo! Okay. Um, I, I can only have one answer. Um, just, just one. I mean, yeah, you yeah. could do two. You could do multiple if you want. I don't care. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know what it is, but it's going to be, it's kind of a fraught answer. Okay. Um, Dude, we've gotten so many weird ass answers. It doesn't matter. We've been asking this question for over two years now. Yeah, so. I've already done Jackson Pollock. I've already done John Coltrane. Um, uh, and you know, I've you know, I would fucking love to draw Batman, of course. Yeah, and I would love. To, I mean, uh, my I know what my runner up answer would be. So I'm going to say that right now. My runner up answer would be Ape Sapien. Okay, only because oh, like it was. But the you've first already drawn Ape Sapien. What's that? You've already done Ape Sapien. Well, that's be something we haven't drawn at all ever. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, kind of what I'm thinking. So, not Abe, so no, screw Abe Sapien. Sorry, Abe. Sorry about that. You have to go, go. <laughs> yeah. into this You're out, Abe. You're Get done. out of here. You're done. Dork. Go dance with Dork, Abe. whatever the hell it is you do. Um, hey, but like, hey uh, Abe, take a swim. Give me okay. a couple laps. Wow, wow. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. Anyways, go learn. Go learn the bre- go. Go learn the butterfly and uh, <laughs> the community pool. Yeah, yeah. Lucky so. Yeah, yeah. Sapien so and so. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to say. 
Okay, the main character of Chinatown is Jake Giddis. Um, he's a detective, uh, but the movie was made in 1974. It takes place in the, in the 30s in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, it is, uh, you know, when they say characters are revealed to you when they have to make decisions or when they have to make choices, that's when characters become compelling. That entire movie is Jake Giddis trying to make decisions or trying to do the right thing, even though he's like, he's a private eye. He's kind of, he's kind of sleazy. He usually, the cases he usually works on are like, you know, people have affairs, you know, adulterers, but he happens upon this case, which he thinks is about like somebody having an affair at the water department in LA. It turns into something fucking Shakespearean at the end. And the whole time this character who, you know, uh, makes his money by doing the seediest of jobs is always trying to do the right thing and trying to find the truth, even though his character is unsavory in the end, all he wants to do is protect, is protect the main is, is protect the other main character and do the right thing. And you get, when you get at the end and when, when the end happens it is devastating mm. and it's devastating okay. because that character is so well-written and it's so, um, and is, is so, um, uh, emotionally raw and uh, I, I I just appreciate. I figure if I can, do, if 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 that character can become compelling, if that character can be something interesting, then uh, any character can become interesting. Okay. Any character can become iconic. You know, um, Walter White and Breaking Bad. Like you know, all of those characters. I always compare them to Jake Giddis in Chinatown. I'm like, is this character somebody I care about? And uh, because they have to make these 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 incredible decisions, Walter White definitely, um, Dick Mackey in The Shield, um, yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, even like you know, um, more recently, like Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us TV yeah. series, yes, absolutely. And so that's kind of the measuring stick that I have. And so like, if you give me a chance at this measuring stick, you know, I would love to do you know a, a crime noir uh, comic based on Chinatown, even like. Um, Oh really? You know, you, uh, not even like a prequel, or do you, like you'd want to do an adaptation of the film or of the screenplay? Or uh, there actually, there's a sequel to the movie called The Two Jakes, um, also starring Jack Nicholson as the main character. Um, oh really? Oh, wow, well, I I didn't, I didn't, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like Jack Nicholson plays the main character. Oh, I know that. I didn't know there was a sequel to it. Yeah, yes. did I. that's crazy. Yeah, I believe Jack Nicholson directed it, um, and what? it was starring Harvey Keitel and Madeline Stowe. Um, uh, not as good as Chinatown, but nothing really is. But still a yeah. good movie, I think. You know, it's a worthy sequel, put it that way. But like, is it, it, it just seems like it never gets any attention. It's you know, like it's kind of like when people find out there's a sequel to 2001: Space Odyssey, they're like, "What? Yeah, well, excuse me." <laughs> uh, Roman Polanski directed Chinatown, so yeah, right, yeah. Um, it's kind of problematic in that way, um, but sure. um, it won uh, the Academy Award for Best Screenplay, as it should have. Um, uh, so there's, there's kind of like, it's kind of fraught by association, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. but it's still, you know, um, it's, it's, it, we're in that weird spot where like shitty people can do really cool art and like, I like, mean, I they have, yeah, they have throughout history as much yep. as it sucks, but yep. some of the greatest achievements have been accomplished by people who are very, we'll just say pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say jaded. Oh, okay. But yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a shit. <laughs> my favorite comedian of all time is probably Louis C.K. And he had the the my he his TV show Louis. 
Oh yeah, probably my favorite TV show of all time because it's so like it's not a funny show, but it's a it's a it's sort of a, it's it's a sometimes funny show about being alive. Dude, yeah, and, that episode with Robin Williams was insane, man. That was oh, so good, so with, deep. With Joan so Rivers, deep. the episode with Joan. Oh Rivers yeah, oh fuck, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, but and, it's Louis well, C.K. That, <laughs> yeah, he uh, has some problems that he has not never addressed, and I'm yeah. incredibly disappointed, and I, I'm really sorry for the people that he has hurt. And so, fuck yeah. him. But like, he made good stuff, and I'm like, ah. And so, I have a I have a whole Louis C.K. playlist on Spotify. I'm like, do I listen to it? <laughs> I gotta be honest. After all that went down, I just uh, I, I cold turkey Louis. I don't when it comes to the weird like uh, any of the weird like sexual stuff. I'm like, ah, you're out. Out of my, I well, can't, I can't deal with you, man. Part of the comedy is like this weird sexual deviant stuff, and now you're like, okay, now it, it has a different context. Kind of like, right. um, what's his name with the glasses from way back? Puck he makes all the amazing art house films, romance films. God oh. damn it, Ron would be screaming at me. He right would now, be. Ryan. He would be. I know. Do you know who I'm talking about? Glasses, um, art house films. I'm thinking uh, Woody Allen. Roy, Roy, Woody know. Allen. Yeah. Woody Allen, another yeah. another guy, or Barry. Brian Singer, you yeah. know, uh, Brian Singer. I don't know if it's Brian Singer made great films. Has he made some great films? Brian I know Singer? he's not. Usual yeah, suspects. Uh, okay, that was all right. There's yeah, also Kevin Spacey in that too, which makes it double problematic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those first uh, X Men films were, weren't bad. They were fun. Yeah, the, yeah. X2 what they were was, was pretty was was great at the time, but now it's like you cannot separate. You know, even if it's great, you cannot separate. You know, yeah. uh, Brian Singer and the, the the bullshit that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, which is like same with like Louis C.K. did so many cool. He produced a lot of great movies and a lot of TV shows that I just he's count. still he's still making stuff and like I haven't seen it, but I've you know it's one of those where I've read honest reviews of it and they're like, God damn it, it's fucking good. He's a kind of a, he's a dirt bag, but God damn it, it's if fucking he good. Just do the work to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry about things and I'm working on it. This is why I was wrong. And like, I'm trying to understand things. Even if he did that, I would be a little more reticent to like, I'm, can I be honest? I'm always a little speculative of that. Brian, and I talk about this all the time. Cause like, yeah. are they doing that because they know that that'll be the saving grace to make the people who are on the fence be like, well, I really love your art. You're, di- you're, you're posing like you're doing the work to be a better person. So I'm going to believe that you're doing a better person so that I will engage in your artwork. Well, how, how can we ever know? Right. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's like, I I, I don't know. My problem is, is that I always think that I I have a tendency to, to believe the, the best in people, you know, that I want, that I think people are inherently good people. And that I always, I always, you know, the, the, um, this is not a plug, but I'm bloodstained teeth. The reason, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love bring it back. It sort of functions as Attica Sloan, the vampire's conscience, sure. and he's the reason why Attica Sloan is not a complete dirtbag at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, well, yeah, he's the reason who. If there's anything good about Attica Sloan, it's his is it's his familiar Joey, who is you know um, sort of a like the Jiminy Cricket of our series, right? And that sure. character is my favorite character, actually, in the whole series. I mean, like, if I had to pick one, it would be him, you know. But because he wants, he's he represents the best out of all these shitty people or all these all these awful characters. There's a couple of other really good characters, really, you know, characters who want to do good in that story too, of course. Yeah. But he is the he is the he is the story that represents the best of people, and I 
I want to believe that that person, that character is somewhere in everybody, even people I don't like, even people that I have in my own personal life that, you know, I've had disagreements with. I want to believe that that person is not an asshole. <laughs> I want to believe yeah, that. It's that you know, interesting yeah. thing, right? Like, it's interesting. Like in fiction, right? We love characters that are, um, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, that are problematic, right? We love those characters. But in life, in real life, like it, those type of characters, when you come across them, it's like it makes it really hard to deal with. And you want to believe that they're because they, mm-hmm. they don't see themselves as bad people. You know no. what I mean? Right. It, it, they they don't. It it's an interesting and also like, do you demonize somebody for life for one fuck up? Like if it you know like depends how, on the know, fuck up. up. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's one of those because like I mean, art. I feel like artists. Some of the artists that have, and I don't mean comics. I just mean in in yeah. like history. Seems like there's been artists who've been just atrocities at, of human beings, and uh, yeah they're continually forgiven you know because it's like you know god damn their their art or their books have inspired a lot of other creators or it's really fucking good or it's like that kind of like that joke with like mel gibson right where it's like god he's a fucking asshole motherfucker knows how to tell a story though uh, you know you know what i mean like god he can tell a story piece of shit but yeah tell a story an anti semite, but no, he's still an anti semite. Yeah. <laughs> loved him, loved him, and lethal weapon. Ah, he was so much fun. It was so much fun. A lethal weapon Every part was, was still pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, where's that guy? Where's that Mel? Mm-hmm. Where did that Mel go? You know, oh, that, that, that Mel never that. that See, so the thing is, that wasn't the real Mel. That, that's yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, a, it's that weird um, thing. But I digress. I, I mean, Brian, and I we talk about this because the the new the new Flash movie's coming out, right? Yeah. And uh, we, yeah, and it's one of those where it's like, if you really boil it down, things have been quiet. Because let's be honest, like corporate entities are making sure that things stay quiet because the movie is going to come out. But by us going and being like, oh shit, Michael Keaton's in this, I want to see this Michael Keaton movie, you're putting money in a guy, in a person's hands that has kind of got a track record being a piece of shit. So it's like, do you go see this thing? Because it's got like Michael Keaton as Batman again. Yes. Right. But right. you're also making someone who's a piece of crap be a mega millionaire. Because, and he's, you know, you're putting millions of dollars in that guy's pocket by going and seeing this movie that right. we're all. It's, yeah. It's like, it's very, ah, it's very convoluted. Yeah. Is that like, okay. And when I saw like, Hey, Michael, Michael Keaton is all over this movie. Yeah. And uh, I love my, like my, my, Batman 1989 is one of my favorite is probably my favorite superhero movie of all time. Same. Close second to the Dark Knight, of course, but like um uh the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight, because it just, you know, it's not really a superhero. Ooh. Oh, now all of a sudden Bry's real Briar enemies. <laughs> no. Are enemies. You guys agreed on favorite superhero movie, and now it's no, we're good. Number two. Yeah, yeah. But I but like that movie, of course, like it's difficult to get through because it ends up being a three and a half hour like CSI movie, you know, it'll be like, you know, but like he, you take Heath Ledger out of the Dark Knight completely different movie. I mean, that guy, there's a reason why he won the Academy Award. I'm glad yeah. he did because energy sure. makes that film work. Um, and it's, uh, but anyway, the first Batman movie, 1989 was the first movie I saw in a drive-in theater. And Me too. I, was it you too? Oh my God. I was, was uh, four years old. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I think I was 38. Anyway, no, I was like, um, I was, I was 11 in 1989. So I was 11 years nice. old and it was the perfect time for me to see that movie was, and I saw aliens when I was 12 
perfect time to see that movie. Uh-huh. So certain movies, you know, if you see them at the right time, you have to see them at the right time in your life. And when they do, they never leave your head. Like yeah. Alien, watch Aliens all goddamn day. You yeah. know, I can watch yeah. Alien all goddamn day. Blade Runner, same thing. You know, Raising Arizona. Fuck, Ooh. I can watch that movie all the time. Oh man, you're dropping hammers right now. These are all like solid. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan. No Country for Old Men. I saw it when I was like uh, 30. It came out in 2008, so I was like 31. And I was I was starting to feel actually my age, and okay. I to feel like my limitations as a person as an artist. And I was like, "Ooh, this makes a lot of sense." Like the main yeah. character is Tommy Lee Jones, not Llewellyn Moss, who was played by Josh Brolin. Hot yeah. take, anyway. Um, wow. But like um, the first Batman movie, like it was just you know it hit me in a place, and then when I see like Michael Keaton reprising his role as that Batman again in the DC movie, I'm like. Ugh. Why? Why? You know, I have interesting. Most superhero movies, like I'm sort of. Brian, Brian, do we need to go dark here so you and Patrick can like uh, duke it out here? Because like, uh, (laughs) do I need to leave the room for? No, no, we're good. We're good. I appreciate I appreciate superhero movies as attractions and not films. Can we do something really quick? I want to get your take on why you don't want to see Michael Keaton come back. But then I would like to see how Brian counters that. Because, like, this is the movie that Brian's been waiting since 1989 for, if I'm being honest. Right? Uh, Am I wrong, Brian? No, you're you're pretty close. You're pretty close. I'm very excited for for him to be back. Okay. I'm, uh, because I think at this point, for me, like, uh, superhero movies, you know, for me are less movies that, uh, as they are, uh, 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 as they are attractions. I agree. Like, and that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. Like, uh, you know, I, I went to see, uh, Avengers Endgame. didn't understand the backstory of Lord all. I was still wildly entertained. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I kind of forgot most of the moments in that movie, except for the snap of the fingers, you know, yeah. the whole four hours leading up to that iconic scene. I don't know. I can, I could not recite any of them to you. Yeah. Same. Um, <laughs> I agree. I, I don't disagree with you there. Not they're at attra- all. They're, they're attractions. They're not necessarily cinema, which is again, Indiana Jones was an attraction, you know, Indiana Jones and the where's the lost Ark was like, uh, like one of those old Robert E. Howard serials yep. put to a film. And it was yeah. brilliant. I love that movie. And, but it's also a, a, an awesome film too. Yes. But sure. like, um, the, the superhero movies these days, as much as I love the dark Knight, you know, it was actually that was, there was, there was a film filminess to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, whereas like I'm seeing like Shazam and, um, yeah. you know, uh, all of the Avengers movies, I have not, wa- I wonder, even Wonder Woman, the first one, even the first Wonder Woman, which I think is far superior to the sequel. Yeah. Um, it was, it was still a movie. They're, they're, they're becoming attractions that you have to like, you know, uh, invest so much of your time with. And it's sort of exhausting, you know, honestly, you know, and I will, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to watch them, but like I have a, and when I, but like, there always has to be like, uh, a whole bunch of nostalgia stuffed in them now. Mm-hmm. Like there was has yeah. to be like dozens of characters and they have to call back to another movie and they have to like, you know, add like this actor that you didn't think would actually be in a Marvel movie. Like Idris Elba's in a Thor movie. Holy dog shit. You know, like yeah. uh, there just has to, everything seems to be like at once uh, ready player one came out Ugh. where they just stuffed a whole Ugh. bunch of, sh- of IP into a single film. Yeah. You know, I was like, I, it seems you, to me like you want to know the worst atrocity of that movie of Ready Player One. I haven't seen it, so so um, let me. But, I'm yeah. going to tell you the worst atrocity of that yeah. movie 
is that in like the final scene where they have all of the characters from everything Warner Brothers or whatever has ever owned, they have the Ninja Turtles in there. And it's yep. the fucking Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. It's not no. even like the 1990 no. Turtles. Whoa. Yeah. Come on. Sorry. Uh, sorry. I'm yeah. laughing like a villain over it a tra- here. It was a travesty. It was a travesty. That is, you know, and the, and the Iron Giants in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't you fucking dare. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um, but, you know, but like, I haven't seen that movie, but I sort of absorbed enough of it to know, like, what that movie is about. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah. um, I don't think I've watched The Godfather all the way through, but like, I've seen bits and pieces of it enough where I get what that movie is all is, is not all about. But like, you know, I get the gist of the movie. Like, I have not played The Last of Us video game at all, but like, I have seen enough of it and I, I'm familiar enough with it where I can you know, uh, that I know enough about it to, uh, to watch the TV show, you know, which yeah. is, I thought, um, phenomenal. Uh, so, but, so basically yeah. you're saying like this new, I guess we'll just say, I'm just going to call it the new Batman movie. That's, I mean, eight. let's be honest. He says Batman 15 fucking times in the trailer, you know, yeah. there's 19 it, different Batman in the movie. So it's, it's becoming, not, so, so you're afraid that something that was like perceived as like amazing in 89, a film, because and that's how it was approached uh is going to be just is being used as an attraction essentially i mean i think uh eve yeah i mean because i even says like i'm batman and he, and he and he sounds like he's 70 years old saying it you know it's he sounds tired and he sounds as tired as i am hearing it <laughs> if i'm being honest with you and uh like but granted that movie could be awesome that movie it, 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 it may be and more power to if it is you know yeah. like um I thought that Terminator Salvation was going to be awesome based on the trailer. Sure. We should have, we just, they should have stopped at T2 and just left it there, but no, 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 no. We had a cat. We had to capitalize. Yeah. So pretty good. You know, it was, I appreciated what they were, what they were trying to do with, I mean, I think which one dark fate, uh, you know, I didn't see that. I I love Mackenzie Davis as an actress, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and uh, I also appreciated Arnold's commitment to the part, you know, Carl <laughs> um, who sells drapes. Yeah. And I thought like, hey, that's goofy, but like, how would, what would a Terminator do if he were alive for like, you know, 40 years, he'd probably do what Arnold did, you know, sure. you know, like, so I get it, but it was like, there was enough like gravitas to Arnold being the Terminator again, that I was like, okay, it's not too silly. You know, it's, um, yeah. it's, it's funny enough, but it's not like just fucking, it's not ridiculous. Like some other, it's not like Starsky and Hutch, you know, where, which is meant yeah. to be silly or like 21 jump street meant to be right, silly. Right. You know, chips, um, people forget. Never saw chips. They made yeah. a, mo- a, a I never, movie. I didn't see it either. Chips. Yeah. I don't. It's terrible. Yeah. Don't. It's just like, I see uh, so many like, uh, Ant-Man of the Wasp quantum mania where Ugh. they're just trying to shove, as much yeah. fucking nostalgia into your face at the same time. So you can like, just forget that they don't really have a movie at the center of it. <laughs> you know, they yeah. don't really like, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm sorry, like DC comics, please let me draw things for you. Uh, your movies. <laughs> cool. well, um, yeah. yeah. No, like, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it, you know, I mean, like, I mean, it seems like, Brian, you're not in disagreement with, I don't, any of I don't disagree. Like out. just, you know, for me, for me and the way that I look at it is, even if it's a bad movie, even if mm-hmm. it's a bad movie, which it very well could be, I feel like every scene that Keaton's in as Batman 
is going to be awesome. I feel like he sure he yeah. is going to be great. And that, you know, that's how I felt. That's how I feel as like, you know, Ben Affleck's in it as Batman. And he's probably my second favorite Batman. And uh, even though the mm. movies, I don't, I don't necessarily think the, you know, the movies that he was in weren't the best, but he was great in them. So I kind of look at it from, yeah. from that, from that scenario, if that makes sense. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the, of uh um bale christian bale as batman i think that those movies in my that opinion voice, that the, voice well, is just, it's the voice the voice and me. then in those movies he's the least interesting character in all three of those you movies absolutely right yes you yeah. know and to yeah. me that's problematic right and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it's a lot clearer upon subsequent viewings yes yes, yes. yeah but mm-hmm. So for me, just seeing Keaton, like I, you know, because I grew up on Keaton as Batman, I, I love Dark Knight Returns. And I also love Batman Beyond, which is my hope and dying wish that they convert, that they end up using this movie as like a segue into Batman Beyond. That's why, that's like a big reason why I'm excited about this movie. Yeah. Oh, there's, I Michael mean, like, Keaton. Oh, there's Batman. Yeah, Michael, Michael, I mean, like, somehow able to, like, be noticeable in a scene with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. In yeah. a movie with Jack Nicholson as the Joker somehow was able to, like, hold his own. Exactly. With, with that presence, you know. And I, and I, um, yeah, I, uh, I think I, I, this is why I don't get into arguments on Twitter about any of this bullshit because, like, I'm, I'm gonna lose. But oh. Also, like, it, it's, it's me. It's it doesn't matter, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I just, I like hearing everybody's opinion. Everybody yeah. has a different take, and then, like, some people are going for for certain things. Some people aren't. Yeah. Can even watch yeah. the film. I mean, you know, it, I, I could care less about anything else in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any, I don't. I honestly don't. I don't care about anything else in this Flash movie. I don't care about the Flash. Supergirl looks awesome. I'm not gonna lie. Um, ben That's Affleck great. looks great, but it's Keaton yeah. all the way for me. Oh, go ahead, Ted. I'm I'm just laughing. I just think it's great. I love. I just love the just the contrast. Of, yeah, because it's just it's just it's the thing that's. No, just, I mean, he's not wrong. Patrick's not wrong here on this. Yeah, on no, the, their, I, I their, just their, mean it's it's just me, man. Amusement park <laughs> rides. That, like that's what they matter. are. Yeah, well, that's and, what they are. It's more of like the, the beauty of pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. like people, like you were saying, people get in these big fucking fights on Twitter and it's like, hey, that's a make-believe world and everything you're saying is like, doesn't, like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you would never, like these conversations that never happen in real life. And then when it comes down to it, it's just like, Man, just like people have things that they like and people have things that they don't like. You know, it's like we were just talking about how before we started recording how Brian saw the Shazam movie and, you know, his son liked it. Yeah, the new yeah, one. The yeah, the recent yeah. one. My eight-year-old yeah, loved it. Loved it. Yeah, he loved it. But like Brian was like, oh, God. Oh it, my it, God. it wasn't as bad as I thought I was as I thought it was going to yeah. be, but I did not enjoy the movie. If there was a meme, it would be of the Rock going, "It was the biggest piece of shit." Well, he could say that about Black Adam too, because let's be real. <laughs> so. yeah. I never. I mean, like I I enjoyed the the first Shazam movie enough. It was fun and breezy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but there are some movies who are not even entertaining. Yeah. You know, like uh, the the Venom Let There Be Carnage. Oh man. Uh, yeah, oh, you had Woody Harrelson, and you fucked it up. Like, how did? Oh, well, anyway. they ruined. They ruined the whole. They ruined. I think I went on a tangent about this when it came out, but they ruined the entire mindset of Carnage. Like they were arguing against each other, trying to create the same dynamic. But that's not Carnage. They're like so crazy that they sync perfectly. 
and they don't argue with each other. Yeah, it was weird. Venom, the thing that makes them compelling is that is that yeah. like you know conflict and Carnage doesn't really have that conflict. Yeah. That's why he's the villain. That's and they why tried to make not, it. That's, they tried that's to what make made that him so strong. Yeah, they tried to make that conflict in the movie, and I'm like, what is going on here? Why are they doing that? Because yeah. isn't that the the whole construct of like the the symbiote doesn't ever actually fully bond to Eddie Brock, right? Right. So that's it weakens it a little bit. Where with Carnage, what made it so strong is it was like a perfect melding of the minds, right? Like yeah. it became well there's no it we it's I. Person. It's I right. Yeah. It became it two entities became one essentially. Yep. And that's what made it so powerful. And they completely just I don't know whoever made that film completely best thing about that movie is it's 90 minutes yeah agreed <laughs> agreed i don't even know if i watched it i don't think i don't I think did. you did i don't tough think to you get did. through man it's just really fucking tough to get through um like uh and i don't know why venom looked like look like shiny turd not, not venom but like carnage looked like shiny turds i don't yeah, know why it was weird like it's like anyway but i, I digress think- um yeah so uh, I uh, so yeah, I'm excited to watch the new Flash movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we we've been going at it yeah. for almost two hours now. Why don't we start wrapping this up? Uh, I'm so sorry. Yes. Uh, no. No. no not no, not at all. This is what we do, man. This is yeah. We we bullshit for however much time we need to bullshit, and then um, we uh, at the end, then we 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 get into we we plug. Uh, whatever the guest is working on yeah no, i mean you know it's yeah. more fun that way it's more fun sure, that way. Yeah, i think that so. and when was the last time we actually got to like hang out and talk it's probably been 10 years like at yeah. least yeah i think the last time i saw you was like we got coffee down we you were at helioscope randomly and we went and got a coffee i think and that was i can't even remember when that was that was a long time ago that was the before times man that was like before that yeah. was the before times yes uh, isn't <laughs> yeah. that cr- i mean like I, I look at when I when I was a kid, like and I, I had to good take history classes. I was like, man, the JFK assassination, Martin Luther King, civil rights movement, you know, World War Two. Like, I never thought I would live through something crazy like that. And all all like 12 crazy things happened in one year. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm like, shit, I just lived through an entire chapter in a history book. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be a history book. Uh huh. And I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I want it to be a little bit more boring. I want it to be boring. Like, oh yeah, okay, we're just. I'm saying it's a little more boring right now. Over in town. <laughs> well, yeah. depending where you live, I think if you were over in Eastern Europe, it wouldn't be as boring. Um, you know, true. Yes, very true. Yeah, yes, um, might be a little, little, a little more living. mental. Yeah, a bit more, a bit more. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, bloodstained teeth. I believe the last issue, the final issue, just just came out, right? Or is uh, yeah. Out? Dropped uh, issue ten dropped last week, and oh, uh, the first trade has been out for some time. The second trade comes out on May the fourth, I believe. And um, we really, really want to do a hardcover because, um, like, a full collection. Yeah, because we Hell really yeah. wanted to do, like you know um, process stuff. Like I you love know, that uh, shit. Man. Color yeah. process, which is fascinating and uh you know raw inks mm-hmm. and you say how about your pro i've seen your process like i think your process would be very interesting and I add a we, lot to your, the book yeah we're we the problem uh, the issue is we have to sell like gangbusters mm-hmm. so like yeah. um uh hope if we if we can sell enough there'll be enough ex- you know enough reason to actually do a beautiful hardcover which i hope they do because like uh, we have Christian who does a lot of design work in that series, but also Hassan uh, um, 
uh, Ismail Oahu is um, really, really good at lettering, but also designing. Like a lot of that design oh, cool. of Blood Teeth, you know, is is him. You know, oh, wow. in, in combination with Christian as well. Um, uh, so, like, I really want him to make sure that he gets a chance to shine too. You well, know, um, you just yeah. got you're you're on Blue Tiger Revenge, you man. Get the you're Tiger's the kiss, tig- man. Tiger's kiss. <laughs> if you're on this show, it's uh, you know, you you sell books and you win Eisner's. That's all I'm just gonna say. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna that's say. That's true. Our numbers yeah. aren't that great, but it seems like uh, we've got that Eisner curse. Yeah, when people come on here a year or two down the line, they're winning some awards. So this has to be the most awesomely named podcast I've ever been on. This it sounds like you know, like uh, a martial arts movie made in Malaysia or something like that. I'm like, there we go. Yes, revenge. Yeah. I'm yeah, quoting people that. Tune in and they are let down. They're like, oh, it's gonna be a great martial arts podcast, and then it's like guys talking about comic books. Yeah, I'm talking about Jackson Pollock stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Batman's too old in the new movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. How dare you take my Iron Giant away? Oh God! It's just, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Ready Player One. But um, anyway, yeah, it's true. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Well, uh, where can uh, where can the the Tiger Cubs follow you? Or do you, I know you got a website. Cubs, I love it. Like the. Uh, Y'all, uh, well, the uh, the tiger cubs can follow me if they're not busy, like hunting down wildebeest in the wild and everything. They can, they, uh, they can follow me on Twitter, although I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Um, they can follow me on Twitter, uh, and my Twitter handle is just my. Um, if you just look my name, uh, look up my name on Twitter. Uh, it's Patrick without a K. My okay. father misspelled it on the birth certificate. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> hey, that's all right. They added an extra D to mine, and I still can't get an, a, a reason why. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, two Ds, Tad, wow. with My double God, D, yeah. double the dose. Father just did not know how to spell the most basic names there is, and so, um, so I actually have to put a can man in my name so I don't get called Patrice if I go out in public sometimes. But, um, uh, but also if you just um, on Instagram, I'm also Patrick underscore J underscore Reynolds. We'll, uh, we'll link all this there. too for you. What's that? I said we'll put links in the in the show notes oh, for yeah, for all yeah. the Tiger Cubs out there too. So that's really awesome of you. Thank you, Brian. Um, the uh, and then um, I also have a website, um, just a, a, a actual website called murderinginc.com. And um, wow. I'm also on um, uh, uh, comicarthouse.com. That's where you can find originals and commissions and all sorts of, of cool stuff. Bob Shot is the best art rep ever, and he runs um, comicarthouse.com. So, yes, excellent, okay. cool, Very excellent. Cool. I think you, I think you introduced me to him at one point. I may have, yes. And I never followed up with it because I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> he would love. He would love to talk to you. He's really. Um, he's he's great. I love him. Mitch Mitch Gerads just got. Uh, they just got Mitch Gerads to be on there. Is that how you pronounce Mitch, Mitch's last name? I'm sorry. I, Mitch. I believe. I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you know what? You don't got to apologize because we sent him an email to come on the podcast and he ghosted us. So you don't. You don't need to apologize to him here. Mitch, what are you doing? I know, right? Uh, I kid. Yeah. I kid. I kid. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch I hope he comes on now. I, I hope you too. Listen I, to the episode. <laughs> you son of a bitch, Brian. Listen, calling me out like that. Nothing would make me happier. Being awesome somewhere like he like he always does. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, I'm on your website right now, and I'm looking at like your past commissions, and I'm the one that immediately caught my eye is that 2020 one of uh, Keaton, Keaton Batman. That's on oh, your website, yeah. dude. Yeah. That, that is was- incredible. Thank you. Uh, someone just I wanted, and the thing I like about commissions is people just say like, uh, "I just want Batman." Yeah. And I'm like, well, "What kind of Batman? 
could be lots of things. And of course, I go to my favorite Batman, which is yeah. Batman 1989, you know, and uh, sometimes people be specific about stuff like I want this character with another character doing stuff. And uh, otherwise, sometimes it's just Kolchak the Night Stalker. And I'm like, OK, so mm-hmm. uh, sweet. But thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate that. That was I was uh, I was I was um, kind of sad to let that one go. I kind of like that how that turned out. Um, it's rare that that happens, but it does happen sometimes. <laughs> you know. So yeah, dude. Uh, these I'm are glad that person's gonna get these are home. ridiculous, man. That Buffy, the Mando. My God, Mando. Yes, Mando, and uh, um, I. Uh, yeah, I. Um, I uh, do. I'm trying to do. Um, I usually, I usually use commissions to like do uh, cover portfolio stuff. Mm-hmm. Like say like, Hey, here's cover quality commissions. Maybe you should give me to do a cover one day. Yeah. You know, like, it's smart. It's an, it's an excuse to show like that I can do, you know, hopefully do cover level stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, people are going to get, I also want to give people their money's worth here. They're spending a lot of money on this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I don't want people to like, you know, think that um, I'm mailing it in. So like uh, I'm gonna spend way too much time on it, right? <laughs> yeah. Get, so yeah, well, yeah. it's a yeah. it's a it's a piece of physical fine yeah. art that's gonna go up on the wall mm-hmm. and it's gonna be up on the wall and at some point yeah. it might get sold, but it's gonna get sold to another collector and it's gonna be showcased the exact same way. I mean, like that's the thing that's so wonderful about comics now is that it, dude, we're creating like fine, we're creating collectible art, like real art that yep. people enjoy and hang on the walls and pass down to family members. It's kind of amazing where this, this whole culture didn't even exist, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, like oh, man. it's, it's wild. It's, I don't know. I love it. I, I I love it. That's why I'm so glad you're still doing analog. Cause I remember when you, so you're yeah. going digital. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, Patrick. A part of you died you're one inside. Of the best. A part yeah. of you died inside. Not, well, it's hard, you know, cause I didn't, I, I was reluctant for so long, you know, cause I, cause I like you, Tad, I was like, you know, I want to have like an artifact when I'm done. I want to have something yeah. physically there when I'm finished and I can't do like when I, when I draw on my iPad, it feels like I'm drawing on glass. I can't connect physically to the piece itself. I can't do yeah. that. And yeah. that's, I'm such a tactile learner and also a tactile creator mm-hmm. that it's difficult, you know, because I can't really Definitely. have a physical connection to it. But at the same time though, I also want to be able to spend time with my girlfriend and also feel, know what the, what the sunrise feels like on my skin. So I know that like, I'm going to have to find a way to get this done faster. <laughs> and then if there's a page that I really think is, is going to like, you know, going to be the thing that they could probably put up on a slideshow when I'm in my coffin like I can do that. I can do those four, five pages for each issue. And I think it's going to be fine. (laughs) So I'm always going to do a couple of pages analog and I'm going to, you know, really be selective about those pages. And like with bloodstained teeth, there was a couple of pages. I'm like, I got to do that one analog because I kind of want to see how I I kind of want to, I want to have that. Yeah. 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 I want it to be a file on a computer. I want to have that. So anyway, definitely nice. Nice. All right, Bri. Uh, how are we looking on time? You want to take us home or you know what? Keep- right, I'm going to take us home. Let's do it. All right. Let's take us it. home, my man. All right, Tiger yeah. Cubs. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, you know that the one place that you can go to to reach all of your Blue Tiger Revenge needs is our home blue tiger revenge.substack.com uh where you can find every episode we have our post all of the pages of operation blue uh that we have up are up there right there and they're all of you all there for you for free 
If you want to subscribe, you can. That just means that it sends a nice little email straight into your inbox. So that way you don't have to search. You don't have to wait. It just comes to you just naturally the way that the way that tigers intended. Right. Yeah. You don't have to hunt for everything. Right. You can <laughs> let the hunt, fresh milk, fresh, fresh milk, milk right to your door. T- <laughs> yeah. Straight from the tiger right to your door. Uh, it's a free subscription right there for you. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at uh, Blue Tiger Revenge. And that is all I have. Tad, do you have anything else? I am all out of tiger milk. Just dry, <laughs> dry well. All right. Well, if that's the case, what time is it? Hit the music.